Welcome to the Mike Mitchell. How's it going tonight, Mike? Great to see you, man. Thank you. I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Matthew, for having me on. Uh, welcome to the family. You know, uh, I love when shows like this, you know, uh, are on the landscape because these leagues, XFL, USFL, all of them need uh, coverage and uh, they need a passionate people who are in this space covering the league and bringing it the attention it deserves so welcome aboard i know you've been doing this for a bit but uh it's great to see you're doing a great job so thanks for having me on i appreciate that greatly yeah it's been a process we started an audio only show when the actual season was going uh it was a whole different production style then and now we're rolling with the live and it seems to be much more successful as well as just brings a lot more interactivity and stuff uh for the fans at home to keep up with so i appreciate that man greatly my goal here is to just bring us together, collaborate, bring some eyes to the XFL and bring some positive media coverage to, to the league itself, as well as like spring football in general. And and those guys that you really don't uh, they really don't get the coverage they deserve. So that, that's really what I'm aiming for. So I appreciate it. It's the truth. And, you know, and there's a lot of like, unfortunately, with these leagues, because I've been following my whole life, there's very little mainstream media coverage. And the only time they get any kind of notice is like if it's negative or if it's focusing on attendance or ratings or financials or whether they're going to whether they're not they're going to make it survive and so yep, when yep. there are entities like yours it's great that you know there, there's an outlet for fans to actually talk about the league the players the cool stuff going on maybe some stuff you're critical about too right but um we're all interested and passionate about these leagues and that's it brings everybody together so i think that's awesome Thank you so much, man. Appreciate that greatly. It means a lot coming from you, dude. Um, I was disappointed at when I actually went to the championship game in San Antonio that I didn't get to meet you there. I, I was looking for you hardcore, uh, but glad now to touch base, man. Talk some more XFL. Maybe find out a little bit more about you there towards the end if we have time. I don't want to keep you on forever. Uh, us as uh, Americans and football fans, especially, we don't have very big attention spans. <laughs> Got to keep the the short and sweet and get to the point. So I appreciate you again, man. Thank you. I suck. And, yeah. I suck at short and sweet, but I'll try. I'll try my best. <laughs> hey, you got the floor, dude. So far, I would say you're the most legendary guest so far on my show. It, it's it's a privilege to have you on, man. So you, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is your show for the next hour, hour and a half, whatever. Oh. 
<laughs> but anyway, man, like I said, let's talk more football and then we'll get on, talk a little bit more about you and find out some more about your background. Looking up, man, I, like I said, I've been looking looking at you for a long time in terms of your articles, your postings, your tweets. Uh, very notable. When you say something, you mean it and it's accurate. So that that's that's the biggest thing about about you and your is your consistency and love for the game whether it be professional the alt sports or whatever you're covering so thank you man but anyway let's much. hop on let's talk about this combine event i know you got to watch it some man. let's get your general opinion on that man if you don't mind just what, what did you think about it how did that go what what good things did you see you know i've been you know i've been following the nfl draft and nfl combines my whole life i'm one of those crazy kids that used to do 12 round mock drafts um that's kind of one of the things that got me into all these leagues is uh analyzing and studying all these college players and everything like that so uh, maybe you know I'm, I'm probably gonna butcher this so i'll paraphrase uh, uh, a line from the movie back to the future is one of my favorite movies starring michael j fox where he uh basically says you might not like this but your kids are gonna love it in the future and I think a lot of the combine features and a lot of the innovative testing is something that, you know, I'm not saying I don't like it, but it's something that it's going to take me time to get adjusted to. I love the fact that the XFL is trying to be innovative and forward thinking and they're doing drills and tests and that are more, um, you know, I guess they feel correlate more with football in terms of strength tests, speed tests, everything else, because I'm an old school guy, so I'm used to 40 yard dash, uh, the vertical yes, leap, you know, the three cone drills, 10, 10, uh, 10 yard sprints, et cetera, et cetera, bench press, what, what have you. But I like the fact that they're actually, you know, um, I think what we learned from the XFL Combine is they're really looking for the best possible football players using innovative drills. Now, whether or not proof will be in the pudding, right? Does yes, the XFL uncover like a whatever, like a Colby Tucker or somebody who was one of the stars of the Combine? small school guy looks the part for sure do they uncover players uh football players that maybe other leagues do have not because they're using innovative testing that maybe they feel is more conducive to finding you know to me the film never lies you know i watched you know jerry rice did not run a fast 40 time it wasn't the greatest of athletes but he had arguably uh was the greatest technique receiver of all time because he ran the most precise routes, had terrific hands, all that. Timing, hand placement, body placement, et cetera, et cetera. So sometimes the film doesn't lie. So sometimes these uh, drills can be misleading. We just saw John Ross, 4-2 speedster, ran the fastest 40 time NFL history. He just retired. I was kind of yeah. hoping he'd end up in the fellow or one of these leagues. But as a kind of a redemption story, it would have been cool, right? But, you know, just having that speed alone, the 40-yard dash speed, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to – unfortunately for him, I'm not saying that, you know, injuries and otherwise who knows what happened with John Ross. But just having that – because in, in the NFL, in any pro league, no good defender is going to allow you to run 40 yards unimpeded. You know, then without you know, they're they're going to check you at the line of scrimmage. They're going to bump you. They're going to press you. They're going to force you to go a different way. You're going to use their body and positioning to to interrupt uh, your route and your and your and your speed. So uh, you need more than just four two speed. It helps, right? But yes, sir. Uh, so I think I think that's what stuck out to me. I think if you're expecting from the XFL combine to be like the NFL, maybe you tuned into it. Maybe you were underwhelmed. You know, because 
a lot of what they did was kind of like bare bones and KJ sales, I think did a, uh, and, and Ocho, uh, Ocho did a tremendous job yeah. there. And I love the interviews with all the personnel guys. Von Hutchins always stands out to me. Uh, all the other guys who were interviewed too, personnel guys like Lilla bridge, et cetera. These guys yes, were sir. all very impressive. Um, yeah, so that it. was cool. Yeah, me too. I enjoyed it too. But I think if you went into the expectation that it was going to be some glitzy ESPN NFL combine esque NFL network thing, I think maybe you were disappointed. But um, so I think maybe you could focus more on the players. I think maybe you could put their names up. I know the league is a little bit because we're in a space now where they're competing with another league in the space. So where maybe they don't want to reveal too much of their information. It's not like the XFL in 2018, 2019, leading into 2020, where they actually just revealed everybody who's in their draft pool. This yes, league sir. wants to be a little more secretive with who's in there. But, you know, they did show test results. They did give out names. So maybe they didn't you know, have video packages for each individual players and full stories on all the players who are working out and interviews with them, et cetera, like to the extent that maybe people want it. But um, I think it was cool. I think they need to do more of that stuff to get people inside the league. And I think people who are open-minded and, you know, uh, old heads like me uh, need to, like, be more uh, open-minded about the, the innovations they're using, the different testing they're using for strength and speed. Um, you know, and so some of the guys are going to stand out more than others, but um, based on those numbers that they put there, and we'll see how many of these combine participants are actually drafted and play in the league. The ones that do, it's going to be make for a great story. But it's not yes, guaranteed sir. that it's not guaranteed. There's already a lot of players on each XFL roster, so yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Got, then you've got a draft upcoming that's going to be NFL cuts. And you're going to see, like last year, when it was over two dozen NFL practice squad players who finished the year on NFL teams, those guys will be late arrivals into the XFL. And you see yep. like guys like Michael Michael Bandy and others who, who signed with NFL teams again, with the Broncos, I believe, after he finished the year signing a futures contract with the Chargers and actually got game action and then signed with the Roughnecks in the middle of the season. So this whole process is ongoing and fluid. So it'll be interesting to see how many of these combine guys you know, guy I'm rooting for in this space is Kalias Robertson. He's been trying to get into one of these leagues for the longest time. He graded out very well in the strength portion and other areas as well, but definitely in the strength portion of these uh, innovative uh, drills. And so I'd like to see him get a shot with the rosters expanded to 90 because he's been working so hard he hasn't given up on his dream. And that's what these leagues are about, you know, providing opportunities to the guys who are overlooked and the guys who – you know, are extremely under the radar. So it, it was. It's cool to see. I enjoyed the whole process. Yes, sir. I mean, any athletes in that combine? I know you mentioned Lacobe. What about? Is there anyone else there that you're watching closely? Anybody that you're really excited to see? Sure. You know, um, I hate to just focus in on the speedster, but you got the All ACC sprinter Brandon Outlaw, right, from uh, Virginia player USC. He had the best max velocity speed. I think it was like 23.26 miles per hour. I find players like that fascinating, even though he was a backup player. See, that happens too in college football, is you have a lot of talented athletes that don't get an opportunity to crack. If you're at USC in Virginia, it's not easy starting. It's not easy no, getting on the field. So, I mean, you can very easily in college football get lost in the shuffle. Those rosters are so large. So there's a lot of player like Brandon Outlaw. I thought Ryan Davis – uh, on the other end of the extreme, a guy who's a veteran who's been in this space before, been in the AAF, XFL, etc. I thought he looked great. Anytime you have a guy who's a um, polished college player who has pro experience, I think those guys have a leg up on a lot of these guys. That this is their like first rodeo, trying to show off in front of pro scouts and all that. 
So those are some of the players that stood out to me, I think. But I think the, you know, and you see the test numbers and it's hard. I'm still that all in and still try, honest, being honest, like I said, the Michael J. Fox paraphrasing from Back to the Future. I'm still trying to figure that out. Beyond, honestly, I'm still trying to figure out what this all means and how it correlates. I know that the, the league has done a very good job of explaining it. So this is more on me than it is on them on Sean Hayes and everybody who's a part of this. But um, without actually looking at every specific drill, the quarterback drills and all that, it's hard to like just come away. You can write certain things about certain guys and go, yeah, this guy looked great. This guy looked great. But I, I think without actually watching every – because with the NFL Combine, what they do is they show you every single quarterback throwing, every single receiver running mm-hmm. routes. They break it down. They, they have that um, – um, the name's escaping me, that drill where wide receivers run straight down the field and basically zigzagging, catching passes from each direction. I forgot what that drill is called now. I, don't, I should know that. But um, – and then each player is, like, basically dissected and broken down, like how they shifted their hips, how, you know, their body control, et cetera. So I don't think we really – I'm not saying this in any way to be disrespectful to the XFL, but I don't think we really kind of got that. So if you were an observer, if you weren't there at the stadium and watching every single drill, like the, the personnel guys were and the teams were, um, it's kind of hard to go, uh, I thought these five guys were great. I thought these five guys exactly. were the best for the crop. You know, it's, it was kind of hard. What what we were – and, you know, the test results and everything else, it, it, you know, it's – you're kind of on the – you're still kind of – you were an observer, but you weren't completely in the trenches to, to kind of, I can't really sit here and state these 10 guys are going to lead the league in multiple categories. In Understood. But I do, like the Colby Tuckers, you know, the players like Ryan Davis, guys like that that I mentioned, those are guys that are interesting to me. Like, I, I think I like the small school guys. When you start seeing a yes, lot sir. of these guys who te- test really well and, we, and you see CC next to their name, the community college kind of players, you're like, this is so cool that these guys are getting this shot and that somebody in the league invited them because somehow, even though they slipped through the cracks, they somehow found their way back in them. And then, uh, and somebody noticed somewhere. So you never know who emerges. That's the cool part about this. Yeah. I mean, the opportunities there and, and most of these guys are player 54 candidates all the way around. They're, they're really playing for an opportunity and, and they're there cause they want to be, uh, so, I mean, I totally agree with you. It is too premature to actually judge it unless we had these situational uh, drills and numbers that we can actually look at and then apply those to teams that need those, you know, coming next year. Now, sliding on into that, since we got the topic going, let's talk about this XFL rights draft. Uh, a, lot, a lot of commotion a few nights ago on Twitter about this. A lot of people excited their teams are getting these players and then they're building towards next year. But here's the caveat. It's the rights. These players still get to pick where they want to go, correct? That's exactly right. And here's the thing. Like even I've had a few people, full disclosure, uh, within the league who work in the football operations who told me, well, Mike, it's not necessarily a rights draft. So I don't know if you're framing that correctly. So it's strange because these teams got together. And they see a lot of this is ambiguous because they don't really don't reveal every little step of things. Yes, sir. But from my understanding, what I was told is if like two teams, for example, want to take on Austin, right? Then it, the process you can claim a player if you're ahead of them in the waivers, almost like in the NFL when there's like a, a waiver system in play. 
So if multiple teams want a player, the team that gets the call, claim him and gets first dibs on that individual player uh, is the team that's ahead of the waiver order. So that's usually the way they have it set up is by you know, last year's standings. Like, for example, uh, the Orlando Guardians were the first team to claim Chris Odom. Now, I don't know if people are too familiar with Chris Odom, but he's USFL Defensive <laughs> Player of the Year in 2022. They he's should be by Steven now. Browns. Yeah, they should be by now, right? He got injured. He got injured, unfortunately. got injured before he got a chance to make an impact at the Cleveland Browns. Very good player. He's some gamblers, all that. And so he's a guy who Orlando laid claim to. Now his agent went out there and let everybody know that, hey, Orlando's got dibs on my client. But my client's hoping, and hopefully for him, hoping to get another opportunity in the NFL. There's no doubt that a team in the USFL or obviously Orlando in the XFL would love to have him. But he's hoping, you know, with a lot of these guys now as we're going through NFL training camps and preseason coming, a lot of these guys are hoping to latch on in the NFL. That's a lot of what this is all about for a lot yes, of sir. these guys, right? So um, so as far as the right strap goes, and like circling back to that, um, there's so much to cover with that topic. These players are not signed. It's not too different. Another league that I cover, I actually have the CFO on in the background right now. I, I'm a crazy man. I have to write a CFO Power Rankings article for CFLNewsHub.com. So uh, anyhow, but the CFL has negotiations. So a matter of fact, there are XFL players on CFL, like Jordan Tiamo in the past, P.J. Walker, Taylor Heineke, even Alex Magoo from the USFL has been on CFL. Nego- Basically, the way it works is these teams kind of call dibs. And these are the players that they're allowed to negotiate with. There's no guarantee that they will join the league. Sometimes they do. Chad Kelly was on the Edmonton team's negotiation list. The Argos actually traded for his rights, and then they negotiated with him. And then now the Argos and the CFL are 6-0, and and Kelly looks like an MVP candidate in that league. So we'll see how that goes with him. But this is similar, this right strap. Although the XFL is very secretive on how they're operating here. So there's a lot of names on the list that may never play in the league. From my understanding, speaking with people within the league, with the, with the Houston Roughnecks and with the XFL itself, Tavon Austin has expressed interest in joining Houston and Houston alone. However, his first preference, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and last preference is to be back in the NFL. He's posted videos out there of him working out with Geno Smith and all that. So they'll circle back to that because the XFL season doesn't start until 2024. Could he be a Josh Gordon type that plays in the league? He's one of my favorite players. Um, he's like one of those guys. I've always been a fan of the underdog. So he's one of those guys in the redemption story in these leagues. He's one of those guys that I love the West Virginia. I thought he was going to be a mega superstar in the NFL. For one reason or another, he's been a good player, but he just hasn't quite lived up to that potential. But I've always wanted to see him in this type of league right and you whether it was usfl xfl what have you and so when i saw that name out there i was shocked and i reached out to the roughnecks and they and i reached out to the league and they said yes mike um he will join us you know he has expressed interest in joining us but that's for down the line but houston claimed him and the other teams are aware that he wants to play for them now, maybe that changes i don't know but that's where we're at right now so i'll believe it when i see it with Tavon austin i'm not saying he's not gonna play yet he should be in the NFL. I think he, he makes sense as a back-end fourth, fifth receiver in the NFL. I've always been a fan no of him, so I want to yeah. see him do great. But that option's there. So the, that's what these teams did. They claimed players. Um, some of these players are still in talks with the teams, and there's an understanding there because 
here's the thing with these leagues. Once the XFL season ends, once the USFL season ends, these guys don't get paid until mini camps, training camps start. So they're going months without a paycheck. So a lot of these guys are, you know, it's a long, it's a, a long time. And the majority, you know, right now, you've got 35 XFL players from 2023 that have signed up NFL contracts. Reed Sinet is the latest, I believe. He just signed yes, sir. and then Bengals. A Joe Burrow injury. We'll see what happens there. That's back with all that talent around him. Maybe worst case scenario for Reed, he ends up in the practice squad, the place where he was last time. So that's a great spot to be in. But there's I'm 35 sure he's, XFL. He's Right. He's hoping for it. And, hey, he gets to work in camp. Zach Taylor's an excellent coach. They have a lot of weapons in Cincinnati. He'll get live action, live rounds in the preseason. Maybe he'll get a chance. You know, NFL teams now, everybody's following suit with this, getting a chance, which is smart. You can dress three quarterbacks. That creates an opportunity for guys to play. Hopefully, I'm a huge fan of Joe Burrow. Hopefully, he gets healthy. He's ready to go week one, all that. Same. But that's not a, ba- that's not a bad stop- spot for Reed Sinet, competing with Jake Browning, whatever. So, um, uh, Trevor Simeon. So there, there's an opportunity there. But there are 35 XFL 2023 players who signed on with NFL teams. We'll see if that grows in the coming days. A lot of those guys are hoping that they get they get it, you know, they get paid now and they'll get paid during the preseason. A lot of those guys might end up on practice squads getting paid there as well. And then maybe their journey ends on the practice squad. They don't get an opportunity, or maybe they only get elevated for one game during the NFL season and the XFL is still standing there. In the meantime, they made money in the NFL, and they can go play in the in the XFL and get more playing time. So it works out. So a lot of these players right now, they they don't have pay coming their way. They don't have any – those checks ended. Once May – you know, defenders players made almost like Abram Smith, who played a full season, was fully involved in the training camp, made close to $90,000. Would have made more if they won the oh, championship wow. game because of the bonus. That was with his bonuses, correct? Yeah, that is with his win bonuses. I did an article about this. If people listen to the DC Defenders press conference after they won the the East Championship, right, beating the Dragons or what have you, or the North, or however you want to phrase that, um, they basically came out and said, um, you know, the defenders were screaming in the background, "Richest team in the league." <laughs> the reason why the reason because at that time they had made if you were an active player for all ten games and the playoff win. You know, because they jumped up the win bonus. They made, I think, in what I want to say was like 88000 thereabouts at that point. No, 82000 I'm sorry. And then if they had won, the, including training camp, you had been through training camp because it's $500 a week for training camp, whatever. And then all that, um, they would have made over $90,000. Abram Smith, for example, who was healthy the entire season, he made close to ninety thousand dollars on so the year. So what's what's that about seven months there? How many months are we? Talking yeah, so about? yeah, well, yeah, we're talking about. So they had dra- uh, training camp in January, so we're talking about what almost five months against January. Gotcha, February, gotcha. From May, so, so five that's months. Really good. I not mean, bad. Almost ninety grand, and then we'll see what happens with Abram Smith. It's kind of like a crime to me that he's not on an NFL roster right now. I can think of a few different teams where he'd be perfect. Uh, no doubt. Back ready to ready to be a bell cow like an Arizona Cardinals behind like a Connor or somebody like that. You know, there's another running back in the other league. Uh, there's a lot of great players in, in both these leagues. Uh, Mark Thompson, who's been fantastic for two years in a row for the, for the gamblers in the USFL. Surprised he's not in the NFL. I know there's some character concerns there from his past, et cetera. But I, I see a guy like Thompson. I see a guy like Abram Smith. They should be on an NFL roster trying to make it. So maybe it'll still happen for Abram Smith. So of the 35 guys in the XFL that have signed, the David Smith happens to be, you know, there's another player, Michael Joseph's another guy, Jacob Pierce, and I can't yep. believe he's not on a roster. Yeah, that, that so, was hard to believe for me as well. 
you know it's very difficult sometimes it's you you need the right situation the right timing there are a lot of different factors latching on to the back end of a roster you know if yes, you're sir. running back they want to make sure you're a pass receiver that you return kicks that you play specials in the case of jacor pearson you probably would have benefited in the xfl from playing more special teams because if he wants to latch onto the nfl because when you come into the situation now and you join an nfl roster you're the fifth sixth seventh eighth sometimes tenth twelfth receiver you have to have special teams chops if you want to make the back end of yep. the NFL. You see, a lot of times, guys, the wide receivers who make it in the National Football League from these leagues are guys that have that background, that are kick returners, that are punt returners, that can't play wide receivers. So, so Pearson, uh, size is working against him, too, because he obviously has great speed, or, or two-time speed. Um, but, you know, hey. size is an issue, and then it's finding a home. Most NFL teams are set. When yeah, every receiver, especially, set. no doubt, they're they're set. They have their top four guys. They have their outside receivers. They have their slot receivers. And then after that, you got to try to make it as the fifth, sixth. That's why a guy like Cam Phillips, who broke records at Virginia Tech, um, and was a good player, ended up on the Bills practice squad. He had struggled to make an NFL roster. He went to the XFL in 2020, which is an unbelievable standout: five games, ten touchdowns, whatever it was, something ridiculous like that. He's in the CFL. He led the Argonauts, uh, helped them win a great cup, and he led the team in receiving in the great cup when they won last year. So heck, a lot of XFL 2020, 2020 players do really well in the CFL, Sean Oakman, among others. But um, that's the thing. It's not easy to make these rosters. It's a slim margin, and you need to be able to do more than just one thing sometimes. So it's a, some people you see a Jacord Pierce and Abram Smith, you go, what the hell? Even Josh Gordon. We know Josh Gordon can play on the NFL level, but as a veteran receiver, older guy, he's not extremely old, older guy, Gordon is not a fifth or sixth receiver in the NFL. Fifth or sixth receiver in the NFL has to be, has to return kicks, cover kicks. Josh Gordon, I'm not saying you can't do it if you ask him to. Josh Gordon is the profile of a starting receiver. He's not a profile of a guy who's going to cover punts and kicks. Yes, sir. And so that's kind of, it's kind of hard. And then he's older, so the NFL is looking to skew younger. So there are some... massively talented XFL 2023 and USFL players that are not in the league yet because you just got to find the right opportunity. Now that's a, that's the big thing here is the opportunity. You know, the, every day that we see an injury happen, we, we get a call up, whether that's USFL or XFL. I've noticed, you know, that it, it, yeah, unfortunately, it's ongoing. Player, right. Yep. Right. The, yeah, it's ongoing. Hey guys, I want to say, real quickly there's a storm going on around me it just popped up so if i do get disconnected i'll jump back in just hang out for a second mike and i'll jump back in as soon as possible sure uh, it's just I've a lot of noise hit, i've been hit with a, my neck of the woods i've been hit with a lot of flash flood warnings tornado watches all that fun stuff i'm in western mass so uh we've that's what i was about to ask where were you so yeah. you, you're a new york guy though right i am yes uh born gotcha, in gotcha. brooklyn raised in brooklyn the bronx and manhattan so those are those have been my awesome. uh, my uh, my stomping grounds in New York. Yes. So as I was saying though, like, as we were talking about, it's it's about the opportunity, no doubt. And a lot of these guys are getting that opportunity. And from my opinion, when they're getting the tryouts, when they're getting to come to camp, most of them are showing out and they're coming ready and they're getting what they want. And whether it be another call somewhere else or the actual contract, I mean, so. I'm I'm pretty pleased with what's going on so far with the XFL. I don't I don't I think this developmental type this is what we want and this is going to make and, it better. And here's the thing, Matthew. What makes the pre I know 
for most fans, not crazy maniacs like me, the preseason is boring. You can't wait till the NFL regular season comes. I feel you. But for maniacs like me who's into these leagues, the preseason is a lot of fun now because not only are you looking for future XFL, USFL players now because there are guys. This is what I did watching preseason games. I saw P.J. Walker a few years ago for the Colts. He's starring in the preseason, and then boom, he comes in the XFL and he lights it up in 2020. This year, you'll be watching preseason games for guys you know, like John Trey Kirkin last year in the preseason was awesome. He ended up playing really well in the XFL. You're going to see players during the preseason. You go, oh, man, he didn't make the Colts. Oh, man, he didn't make the Bengals. I hope he signs with the XFL. And now this year, the added focus of it is now you actually watch XFL players um, and USFL players play in preseason games. You watch Ben DiNucci. You're going to watch uh, uh, Alex Magoo. All these different players are playing. And he's Hakeem Butler. That's even the funny part about it, too. Like, Hakeem Butler is the battle hawk from 2023. He's in practice trying to catch passes over Kenny Robinson, who was a 2020 battle hawk, who was actually drafted into the NFL. He's now with the Steelers. Kenny Robinson, so then he came straight out of the transfer portal, went to the XFL, and ended up getting drafted, an XFL player drafted by an NFL team initially with the Carolina Panthers. So these preseason games are a lot more fun if you follow the XFL and the USFL because you're going to see a lot of your favorite players that you just watched finish out a season, play there, and then you root them on. And hopefully these teams are very wise, like the XFL teams. Then the new he throws a touchdown pass or whatever, you know, put it on your social media, hype that up because uh, yes, he was doing that last week. He was doing that last preseason, too. So it makes the summer games a lot more fun to watch because not only are you watching future players in these leagues, but you're watching players that were just you just watched all season play in the XFL. Yeah, no doubt. Now, got a couple of questions. Uh, Jay the Mime, he's on YouTube. He's asking, but let's see what this says. Former NFL players starting to look at the XFL as another option as their step-down league to play in. I mean, that's a little, a little harsh wording, but I mean – I know I get what he's saying. I get what yep. he's saying. One of the big one of the big selling points to the XFL, amongst other things, right? The win bonus structure helps, but you know, the USFL salary is similar, the average salary, but the selling point is the calendar. So the calendar is more conducive. That's not to say that USFL players and you know, right now I think there's over a dozen USFL players that sign with NFL teams, and there's a lot of good players in that league that deserve opportunities, but there are a lot of NFL teams right now that are either at or close to their maximum of 90 players on the offseason roster. XFL players got to jump on them because their season's ended in May, and so they got an opportunity to participate in mini camps and all that. So the calendar for latching on to an NFL team is more favorable Definitely. For, the, for the XFL. It's just the way it is, right? You have more time. Like a lot of these players, the XFL players that signed in May, they've been through mini camps. They've had time to learn the playbook. They had all that. I think there are some USFL guys that are going to do really well. Like maybe I'm overhyping them because I love these leagues, but I think Alex Magoo has a chance to be the number two quarterback in Green Bay. I know yes, a lot sir. of Packers fans probably mock me for that, but I think he's. I actually think he's just like the PJ Walker and Taylor Heineke. He's going to wind up starting games this NFL season and surprising a lot of casual NFL fans. The calendar is favorable towards the XFL. I know some players and coaches that prefer the XFL because. This is not a knock against the USFL, but it's the reality right now. The XFL feels like more genuine pro football league because their teams play in their markets. They have home and road games and all that. And USFL, baby steps, they haven't reached that point yet. Hopefully they get there. But like teams like the Generals and Stars don't mean as much because they don't actually play in Philadelphia and New Jersey. So, you know. yep. so I, I Orleans, think that's a big – I mean, it's crazy. Like you'll see a USFL play and a guy will make a tremendous play and then he's running into the end zone and he's celebrating with no one. He's not playing a – no home crowd yeah, that, that's my biggest walk. issue with it honestly i mean that i yeah, don't have any yeah. other problems with it except that aspect yeah yeah, yeah. 
it's quality football. The USFL is yes, a good TV TV product. They have good players. I like I like the league. I cover the league. Um, I, I'm a, the reason I'm into these leagues is because originally I don't want to get too far in my backstory, but the USFL is the OG spring pro football league that got me into this entire concept. Gotcha. So yeah, so that's where I where I'm at right now. So I mean, and I, and I still love the league, and I'm rooting for it. And I'm happy it's around. I can't believe we're in a space right now where there's actually prominent pro football leagues on major networks and channels, and they're trying to move on years three, two, etc. So that's a cool part. It's not a dig against the USFL, but the XFL calendar is just much more favorable. For agreed, players. agreed. Some guys, some guys will Cavante Turpin it, and they'll end up show up late in July, and they'll end up being pro bowlers. You know, but it's more beneficial to guys getting opportunities, uh, showing up, being able to latch on the NFL teams earlier, just the way it is. Yeah, and what I what I hear from a lot of these guys is they just need some quality film time, and then this gives them that opportunity on, in either league. Uh, no question. You know. And here's the thing, too. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Matthew, but there you are go ahead, go seven. Ahead. Yeah, there are 17 XFL 2020 players that are still on NFL rosters. I use the term "still" because you got guys like PJ Walker, Josh Johnson, Taylor Heineke, Michael Dunn, Donald Parham. These guys, etc. Elijah Campbell. I can go on. These guys are going on to their fourth consecutive NFL season since playing in the XFL. They only played five games in the XFL. So there's already, not only do we know, like people who follow this space know that these leagues have quality players, but there's already proof of the quality of player that are in these leagues. I mean, the XFL in 2020 had an actual player drafted by an NFL team. Anthony Robinson, I mentioned him already, he's on the Steelers. So... Um, you got 17. So that goes to show you four years. That's also lasting power. So maybe what these leagues need to have more Turpins, right? Guys who make Pro Bowls and are stars because then more NFL casual fans will go, you know what? I got to check out these because that's what you need, really. You need beyond me. You need beyond the hardcore maniacs. You need to draw in the casual fans. That's why the ratings yep. kind of have a limit. So they need to draw in the NFL fans that just kind of mocks these leagues, ignores them, thinks they're less than. It's minor league. It's not even really a pro league, that kind of thing. So you need the what these leagues really need is somebody to merge. We've seen Taylor Heineke go out there, start a lot of games, win games. We saw P.J. Walker start games, win games. But we need a guy, we need a couple of guys to merge from these leagues. That's an absolute superstar that takes the league by storm. That hasn't quite happened yet. I'm from the OG XFL. I remember Tommy Maddox winning NFL Comeback Player of the Year and, you know, taking the Steelers to the playoffs. That was cool. You kind of, and he, everybody knows he hate me. Going to the Eagles, going to Super Bowl, Panthers, classic. all that stuff. Classic. Yeah, classic. So, but you do need, I think these leagues in terms of mainstream credibility do need a player or two that, I mean, like just blows you away. It's the next Garrett Wilson. It's the next Chris Olave. It's the next whomever. Um, just somebody goes into the league and takes up, takes over rather than this is no disrespect to the guys that are in the league, but the XFL guys in the league. But a lot of these guys, they're all quality players. It's very hard to get into the NFL and stay in the NFL. But a lot of these guys are quality backups. They haven't really – some of them have gotten starts, Walker, Heineke, Parham, et cetera. But they aren't really superstar <clears> – <throat> me, Pro Bowl players. Yes, sir. So, so but if you get – if if you – um. If you get a few of those guys from this crop of XFL 2022 players or the USFL or whatever, then I think more people will be apt to give these leagues uh, a fair shake, a try. 
Makes sense. Makes sense. Like I said earlier, that opportunity's been there. Look at PJ Walker. He had numerous chances starting quarterback, you know, took over that opportunity. Didn't play bad, uh, just wasn't the best. Oh. Same with Taylor. I mean, he, he led that Washington team to some key wins during his time there. I, I watched on TV. I mean, and it was pure him just killing it. So, you know, I, I totally agree with you. Once we get a big name in here and, and some consistency, we're going to start shifting some opinions about what they think of this minor league football. Um, but regardless, that's why people like you and I are here also to hype this thing up and, and give it a voice. Hey, the XFL has helped like Josh Johnson extend his career. He's with the Ravens now. I love it. He's got one of the greatest stories of all time. People like to mock him that he's lasted this long and been on so many damn teams, but I think it's awesome with him. But I think he's a young guy. Yeah. There's no disrespect to Josh Johnson. I think the XFL, USFL, whatever, they need a young guy like who the NFL missed out on to come in, become a megastar in the XFL or the, any other league, and then go to the NFL and go, wow, the XFL discovered this guy. Nobody else knew about this individual. And now look how great he is. Boy, look how good he Now you see the worth of the league itself. So anyhow, but it's fun to monitor these guys. And I'm, you know, it's a, you know, I'm the maniac who has it already in his brain. 35 XFL players, 17 from XFL 2020. So, so I, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, and that list could grow too. We'll see how it goes. I think it'll grow a little bit. No doubt. Uh, like I said, these injuries occur and we're going to have more people getting swiped off the market and then potentially sent back for our season, you know, when it starts up next year. Yeah. So that, yeah, it'll be fluid too. Like dur yeah. during the season, I monitor this, you monitor this. A lot of the fans of this monitor it. There's workouts every week. There's injuries yep. during the entire season. Yep. So it's yep. a fluid yep. situation. So you'll hear maybe week four, Jacora Pearson working out with Denver this week or whatever because such and such got hurt. And so so uh, even the guys who I remember, Taylor Heineke did not make a 53-man roster. It kind of a lot of crazy circumstances there, but ended up joining the NFL in the midway point of the season. And then yep. it's COVID, all that. So it, just because a player doesn't, make it in training camp or doesn't make it into the 53 there's still possibility that an xfl player useful player whomever can sneak on to an nfl roster and make an impact it's, it's happened before yeah i'm looking for my guy jack henflin you know heflin i'm sorry he, yeah. he's in new orleans right now I'm, I'm heading to the training camp tomorrow actually to check oh, him man. out so that'll be good hopefully i get to see him in action see how he does against yeah. everybody else there he's fighting for a spot yeah you know and you know like and it's great that these leagues are watching because you know that they're paying attention that these teams i give credit to like the teams like the atlanta falcons the saints all these that, that are actually you know falcons side chris blair they have young way yep. they have taylor heineke um they just I mean, who's, who's been key for them in terms of in, in terms of kicks i mean it, he's oh, been a solid he's a player right there. A, yeah, yeah. af guy uh he's mm, like my I, favorite I anybody's yeah, so there's some really yeah. So I mean, uh, it's it's fun to see. It's fun. It's fun to see like uh, these guys pan out. Heflin has got a shot. A lot of people rave about him, like pointed attack strength. I'd be surprised if he doesn't at least make the practice squad there. Um, yeah, yeah. Personal, he can he can play in a he can play in a three four. He can play inside in the interior. He can move around. He's very strong. So. Uh, that, that Saints so defense is plagued with injuries. Usually, and being a huge fan, I know this. So. <laughs> I think he's got potential there. We'll see what happens, you know, in terms of competition. Uh, one that makes a couple shout-outs. Michael Lathrop, what's up, man? Just want to say hi to you. Thanks. Appreciate you watching, bro. Great stuff from Mike, Player54. He's actually got a show 
Monday with uh, the, the people that actually implemented the technology or some of the technology within the combine. So check that out, guys. That'll be a good one to watch. Uh, I had another question for you, man, before we moved on from this. How do you think the TV schedule looks for the XFL and USFL next season after the ratings? Does the XFL get more main ESPN and ABC games? And could USFL actually see less NBC slash Fox and more cable? From what I've heard, the XFL is definitely going to get more ABC games. They didn't have enough of them. I mean, they only had, I believe it was seven or eight the entire season if you do yep. the championship game. So, um, and, you know, I so they, I, from what I've heard, there's definitely going to be more. They're going to be a little more strategic this time. They try experimented a lot last year, you know, or this past season. You know, it's the same year, but they experimented a lot. Sure. And, um, you know, you know, late games, they did Thursday nights, Friday nights, they moved it around the schedule. So yep, yep. Um, I think they're going to try to be more stable with their schedule, and I think they're going to have more networking. So USFL side, from what I've heard, is they're going to attempt because they had a very heavy over-the-air schedule. So I think they're going to attempt to have more primetime games because they feel their primetime games do better. A lot of the afternoon games did not do very well. You know, like, yeah. uh, unfortunately, there were some games that had 520,000. Uh, that's fine if you're on cable, but you really should be doing better than 520. I mean, the general's going to be 520,000 viewers on network television. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not going to cut it. So I think the USFL, USFL, to their credit, streamlined their schedule. They made it so every week you know when they're on. It was top heavy on NBC and Fox. And for whatever reason, they struggled to get, they figured they were hoping from people I talked to at NBC, they gave me the streaming numbers for the championship game. We're, we're not anywhere else. I was lucky, fortunate enough to put that out there, which inflated their championship number a little bit, but not as much as people would think. But I think to their credit, they, they try to position, they try to give it lead-ins. They want to still use that strategy. They're trying to rope in casual viewers. They thought in year two that they would have the people who ignored the league in year one, who were dismissive of it, who thought, hey, this league's not going to be around. Why should I even pay attention to it? Because that's a factor with these leagues. Um, they thought that they would do a better job of corralling newer viewers. They heavily promoted it. They, uh, they put Super Bowl ads. I mean, that's premium real estate when you have multiple super yeah. ads. It helps when you, your network owns the league, right? So I think you're going to see more XFL games on ABC. They're going to have to get a little creative when it comes to March Madness scheduling. Uh, they're working on that. They have to do a better job with scheduling games in terms of attendance. Can't have, you know, like 11, 11 p.m. games on a Sunday night when people got to go to work the next day or whatever. <laughs> you got to, like, really figure – you got to think that through, right? <laughs> So, um, you know, we had like games are ending at two, three o'clock in the morning. I mean, what do you expect on FX? Yeah, yeah. That was a late night XFL, no I'm doubt. Su I'm surprised. I'm surprised it did 400,000 viewers, you know, you know, like uh, at three o'clock in the morning. Hey, so, you know, I mean, the just, XFL fan, we're hardcore over here. The, the people. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yep. The thing that the XFL had going for it, and this is something that carried over from 2020, is they scored really well from 18 to 49, and that's the most desired. Uh, uh, segment of the audience. That's the thing they look at first. All these networks look at. But the XFL was routinely, all their games were routinely in the top 20, top 30, top 40, most at most on cable television. USFL skewed older. You know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but they skewed older. They did not have very many games in that in that range. And the, the XFL did have games in the top 10, top 15, top 20. So they did well in 1849, and that's something that Disney touted. Um, you got to appeal to that audience, and and it's important. Um, and so I think scheduling will help 
having more games on network television. Promotion helps. A lot of it's not about us. It's about the casual fans. Like you have to, you have to promote your league so that the NFL fans. I saw people when the XFL championship game happened, and Ryan Clark on his Pivot podcast had all these XFL figures on. It was an awesome show. Um, a lot of people who commented on it who weren't paying attention to the XFL go, "Holy cow! The XFL season already happened. They're having a championship yep. game. They didn't yep. even know what was going on." Yep, yep. So. You, you have to create awareness for your product. you got to do it through social media and whatever avenues you have. You have to do a better job of promoting I, you know, So I think there were some flaws there with the XFL game in terms of that. Hopefully they do a better job next year. Speaking of that, I mean, we saw uh, Josh Sella. I mean, what, what do you think of that hire? I think that's a good hire, and it's, he's going to make some big changes, at least in terms of the online uh, digital end of things in terms of marketing advertising yeah absolutely you know and that's his wheelhouse and i think that's important and um you know proof is in the pudding i'm i guess a tough marker so i i like um i gotta see you produce first but yes resume looks good and i and i and i, I think that has a chance to be an impactful hire but you know and josh Sella has a strong background and and so i I'm, i gotta see how they do a lot of it is the budget too. Mm-hmm. Whether what are the limitations? What are the restrictions? Are you uh, do you have the green light? Sometimes the work performance is limited by you know upper management telling you hold up, slow down. So um, so I'm curious to see how he does. I'm hopeful that he'll do a good job, and um, and obviously the background and resume says he will. So, uh, but yes, like I said, I got to see the results first. So we'll see. Yes, sir. Definitely, definitely agreed. I just like that they're making the steps necessary. And from what I see, he's pretty active on Twitter and such, too. I mean, he, he's checking out and he's doing his research on his end. Uh, I've got him. I've seen him. He's liked multiple posts on my end. He's followed us. I mean, he's following everybody that, that's in this community. So, I mean, I look forward to what he's providing. And, and hopefully, I mean, that's the big thing, big changes and in terms he, of marketing. Yeah. And he's he's new to the show, so I don't want to put it on him completely. But what yeah. I will say about with the XFL, and this is like I kind of look at these leagues like they're an individual franchise. Like if you're a fan of the New York Jets or whatever, and you're like looking at or the Saints, right? I look yep. at them as a, so. If you're not getting better, you're going backwards. So like no, no, it, no, no. the XFL, the XFL has to learn their lessons. If they are content and they think they did a tremendous job and it was a smashing success and they don't have to do anything better, then they're going to fail miserably and they're not going to progress the way they need to. If they can take the lessons they learned from year one and apply them, they have a chance to be better. The lessons learned can actually make them a better league. No, you know they got to they got to put it into play. They got to make it work. So we'll see. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to ask a couple more questions from the fans at home and then we'll roll on, ask you a couple questions, man, get to know you a little better. Appreciate the insight. I mean, this is great. This is hearing you talk. Like I said, it's notable. People are going to pay attention to this. So keep, keep up your work, man. I appreciate this. You're like a, a spring football bank of knowledge. <laughs> we can just tap in and then discuss and discuss. Um, I'm a complete nerd. I'm a complete nerd. Thanks. <laughs> nothing Thanks. wrong with that, Thank man. You. So, this next couple questions is from Sock Dim. He's a, he's a guy on Twitter that's following me. I think he's a guy. Either way, sorry, Sock Dim, if you're not, but I assume. Um, first question, two-parter. Will NBC renew after year three for the USFL? B, the um, second part, will Disney sell of ABC slash FXL impact the XFL? And will they be able to get out of the five-year deal? 
So I don't know if you can see that, Mike. If you need me to repeat that again. I do see it. I, I got it. The, the, the first part, NBC renew after year three, the USFL. I think that, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'll err on the side of optimism. I know NBC wasn't happy uh, with their overall numbers. They weren't like uh, disappointed or crushed, but the yeah, USFL expected to do better. You know, it's for in today's day and age, live content is king, sports is king. So, like, the bar, I hate to say it this way, has been lowered so much. Uh, years ago, if you did 400,000 or 500,000 or 600,000 on network television, you'd be gone. You'd be the last. Yeah, you, you're really now, feeling if that. You've got, quickly, yeah. yeah. If you hit a million, you know, it's like, oh, cool. You know, it's like, so it's like, well, uh, if you did that back in the day, that was a disaster. But nowadays, you know, I think I, I'll say it. I'm optimistic. I think NBC will keep it going because it's live content. It, they don't have the same stakes in the league that Fox does. Fox has more invested. Fox is trying to drum up investment money, trying to get owners, trying to get these teams in the markets. Fox is, you know, has a fiscally responsible idea. They're trying to do some baby steps to get to the next level. At some point, surviving has to become thriving for them. So when Fox pulls the plug, that's when I think the USFL will be gone. I'm not. I don't think that. I don't think they're going to. But there's going to come a point that like a, a, a point where they're going to have to turn the corner and become a success, and not you know, hey, we'll get some ad money if we throw in the USFL as a side deal. Hey, if you you give us, we'll let you get on to this popular MLB game if you if you if you do an ad for us in the USFL. It's got to get to the point where the USFL on its own is a strong, yep. uh, viable. And then as far as – so we'll see. I think NBC is just – to me, NBC is just along for the ride, and I don't think it's expensive programming. They don't have as much invested or degrees with the USFL. So I don't see them just abandoning shit. Could they lessen the schedule, decide to put less NBC games? Maybe. Depends on the performance of the USFL. So maybe they can pawn it off here and just go to Peacock or whatever the hell. So maybe that's possible. I mean, maybe NBC's not going to be too happy if you, you're not doing a certain number. But I don't think they're just going to abandon ship. That's my opinion because you need live sports content. So I think they'll just hang. They'll come along for the ride. Fox is ultimately what's going to decide whether the USFL goes away or not. Second part of it, Disney's sale of ABC, FX impacting the XFL. That's a good question. It's fair to consider that. Um, I don't think so. Again, I think I think they're I think Disney and e, uh, ESPN are bullish on the XFL. I have never backed that no. Um, so I think they like what the product produced. I think they see the potential in it. So I don't think they're bailing on it. Now, let's talk about year two, right? If all of a sudden the ratings like crater and they're a disaster and nobody gives a damn about the league and all that, maybe they revisit this. But um, the thing is, if that happens. Redbird, the XFL, they might have, you know, they might not be around for year three, year four. So I know they're saying all the right things. They're under contract until 2027 season, all that kind of stuff. But I think year two is crucial for the XFL. There, I think uh, it, there's going to be a year two. I think they have to show progress and yes. be successful. I think these leagues, these, the reason why Fox got into it is because they saw the success of XFL in 2020 and said, you know what? Let's see if we can do this with our own league. And Disney was, and Disney was a part of it too. So both those networks see the potential in these leagues. And Redbird's in, Fox is in because they think these can be cash cows in a changing environment where uh, people pull the plug 
on cable and all the, the cord cutters and all that streaming, everything else. The only thing that's given that has any value is live entertainment and that's sports and wrestling, etc. So um, these are the only things that are, they're not invincible, but they give you healthy live viewership because they're trying to get live viewership so you can watch ads every once in a while. Yes, now again, not to skip yep. through everything. So, um, so that's kind of yep. how it goes with that. So I think, Question you know, quickly. what, Sure, sure, absolutely, Matthew. So, so the difference here, in my opinion, from what I've researched, I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong. Fox actually has a buy-in stake with the USFL. I mean, they're part owners, mm-hmm. correct? That they're that. Oh, they're owners. Diff- they're owners. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I mean, they're owners. Yeah. So the XFL itself, I mean, we're they're working towards that TV time, and they're 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 trying to get it, but they're not uh, they're they're not in the hands of a network. They're they're still having to hustle, in my opinion. So yeah, is that yeah. is that a correct assumption? That is a correct assumption, I think. And you know, like if Disney was pouring in a lot of money into this league and it, and it wasn't you know doing whatever their expectations were, then maybe they would bail. But it's actually easier for them to just you know they're paying they're pay. I know there's a lot of debate on this whether you want to listen to the Sportico, Forbes side, Sports Business Journal. There's a lot of debate. People within the league say they are being paid by ESPN. Sports Business Journal has dug in and said the, however you want to put this, the uh, ESPN Disney is covering the production rights for the league. That's twenty to thirty million dollars per year. They pay for all the on-air talent, all that. That's a big help to the league, right? So um, whether or not there's a rights fee beyond that, I don't know. That's in debate. You know, the XFL says there is. They have money coming their way through the network. So anyway. Be that as it may, Disney has less at stake. So, like the the re, the part the individuals that are actually investing the most in the XFL is Redbird, Danny Garcia. They're the ones putting the money in. They have the mm-hmm. most to lose. So yep. Fox is like that too. Fox has figured out a way to cut costs until it's kind of like a fake it till you make it thing. Mm-hmm. Fox is hoping year one for them and year two were kind of like infomercials. They were hoping to rope in and both leagues. This is public knowledge. Both leagues have hired investment uh, firms to help them drum up investment money. So that's the goal here because they want outsiders to cover the cost because these leagues are ridiculously expensive. When the XFL's number came out that they lost $60 million, people in the industry were like shocked. Why? Because they expected them to lose $250 million, $300 million. Because startups, especially professional football leagues on that scale with travel and home games and road games and all that, they're exceedingly expensive. You spend mm-hmm. tens of millions of dollars just on insurance alone, yep. player insurance alone, without even stepping on the field. So when they saw that number, they were like, people were actually, I know some people saw the 60 million loss and they go, oh my God, what a failure league. Oh my God, they lost so much money. People who are in the industry saw that number and said, they got to be lying. There's no way they only lost 60 million operating eight teams. How did they only lose a few million per team? Bull, uh, bullshit. If I'm allowed to say that, yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're good. PG thirteen. No way. Yeah, that's fine. Gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, that's what that's basically the sentiment there. So I actually think that Disney's less apt to bow out unless I think year two is important. If they get more ABC clearance and they get an opportunity there, more games on ESPN, but specifically on ABC, and they do better. They do better. Or match numbers because they average over a million viewers on ABC uh, with only like one primetime game. I think the whole season the championship game. There. But um, so I think if they get an opportunity, if they produce well on ABC, ABC will be happy with the numbers. I think this other stuff doesn't affect the XFL because I hate to be disrespectful to the XFL, but a lot of the Disney's cost measure stuff 
the XFL is lower on the scale in terms yeah. of that than some of the expenses that are going to other stuff. You know, the yes. XFL is like yes. kind of like, and I hate to be disrespectful, but it's kind of that pickleball uh, category in terms of like they're not. It's ESPN and Disney's not putting in hundreds of millions of dollars into that. They're not just throwing yep. away money. It's a fair Understood. deal. Fair deal for them for the programming they get. Understood. Yeah, I remember. Never forget the pickleball situation where we we <laughs> turned funny. it on for a game and we watched that for you know, a good thirty minutes to an hour, I think. But yeah. Last question I got, guys. If you got anything, you can ask. But we're gonna get on to interviewing him a little bit. Um, now, this was coming from Sockdem as well. Could the rider strike help get the XFL better network placement? That's possible. I mean, that's something to that's something to consider. How long is this thing gonna go? You know, is this really going to extend all the way until tomorrow? Maybe it might, but really extend all the way into 2024 when we get to February, March, April, May. So it's possible. Yeah, if you got if you got less scripted shows, less stuff out there, it's not, it's a very good point. I just have a hard time, maybe I'm naive, thinking that this whole writer's strike, strike is going to go all the way to 2025, 2026. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it's going to I think at some point there will be some resolution. But, yes, that could benefit. Uh, the XFL. If uh, I'm not saying you should root for a strike, but you know I don't want to affect. Me. <laughs> but I'm saying if you are a diehard XFL or USFL fan and you want to see that your games get on better time slots and all that, um, maybe that. If you're if you're a fan of wrestling, the longer this writer strike goes on, you're likely going to see The Rock wrestling again. Maybe gets Roman Reigns. So. Uh, eventually <laughs> that's the red, so, red flags yeah. right there huh? <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right man we're gonna get on to interviewing you a little bit i'm gonna flash one more comment from a fan it says love the show i'm glad to see you got the alternative football league goat on the show there's no one better than mike mitchell he's got the best inside information out there right now and then that's the truth man so carlos appreciate that comment i mean that's why we got him on he's notable He's a legend in my in my. You know, I, I don't even like referring to myself as an insider. <laughs> or, or I know you call yourself the insider show. I don't even, I feel uncomfortable, but I thank you. Anybody who reads my work, appreciates what I do. A lot of the stuff, information that I get sometimes is, a lot of times I get information that's off the record and I can't really reveal as much as I want to. I found everybody. that's the most frustrating part about this. So it is, it's like kind of, I feel selfish sometimes. Like, oh, yeah. really? It's really that's who Vegas is going to hire. That's so cool. A standing NFL coach, but I can't. And then, you know, but I want to break it, but I'm not really a cloud chaser either. So, like, I really don't care about the cloud chasing stuff. So, um, I don't, I'm not seeking uh, followers somehow. I have them. I'm not really good at social media. So, I appreciate any of you guys who call me the goat, all this stuff. I'm just a suit. I will get into this in a moment for anybody who cares about it, but I, I'm just a super fan. I'm like you guys. I, I love the underdog. That's why I love these leagues. I love football immensely. So um, so that's why I'm into this stuff. My fandom of the NFL and college football and the drafts, why I'm into this stuff. And the information I get, I, somehow I get information. And then uh, it is what it is, but there we are. <laughs> okay, I said there was the last question, but, but this is a good one. This is a good one, and it may apply. You may not even want to answer this. Why do the annoying <laughs> USFL Twitter trolls have it out for him? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I got to say this. I got to say this. Like, I really appreciate the the diehard USFL fans. I'm not a Discord or Reddit guy. So these leagues need you. They yep. need you guys. Are You guys are. Uh, I'm not a tribalism guy. I swear to you. Um, 
but sure. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not into it. I swear to you. Uh, but I think these leagues, they don't have enough fans. So I'm glad you're waving the flag for the Birmingham Stallions and USFL. They need them. I was a message board guy. I got into writing and all this stuff because I wrote on message boards, xflboard.com. It became, want, made me want to cover these leagues because other people weren't covering these leagues, weren't repping these teams. So if you got hate for me, uh, it is what it is, man. If you're waving the flag for a specific league and you think I'm like in the – I'm not paid by these leagues. I'm telling you right now, I got people in the XFL that just like me. That I, yep. I am uh, – maybe I'm going to speak out of turn here, like the league president or whatever. If you think that I'm anti-XFL because I've said negative things and written negative things. So just listen to what I say. Read what I read. If you don't want to believe me, that's cool. That's your prerogative. Uh, I can't live in fantasy land. So if you yep. got any questions, I want all these. I want all these leagues to succeed. I, I'm, I'm hoping that 20 years from now, that people are still talking about these leagues. So that's Agreed. that's kind of where I stand. I got nothing but I want the Twitter trolls, the Discord trolls, whoever you are out there. You know, thank you for supporting these leagues. These leagues need. You. So even if you, even if you hate on me, even if you hate, because they really need you. You you don't understand once you step outside of your bubble how mocked these leagues are. How much people hate these leagues yep. think they're ridiculous. Um, so that's why I root for them. So because everyone's like everyone mocks them, mocks these players, mocks you know, mocks the fans of these leagues. So I'm glad you exist. Uh, your hatred for me, I don't understand it, but all right, go with it. Do, do what you got to do. Your makeup fantasy world stuff, go with it, go with it. As long as you support these leagues, I don't care. I don't care what you think of Mike Mitchell. I agree. And they've left me alone for the most part, but. I have come out publicly and said, hey, I'm in support. Either one, I want to succeed. I'm not going to have a competition. And really, to be honest with you, in my opinion, uh, if you remember, there were a few commercials that actually harbored this uh, this competition between the XFL and the USFL that came from the USFL's end of, of the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, I, Rod Woodson made a comment, our league is better or something like that. So you get a little bit of that. So maybe USFL fans can say, hey, XFL said it too, but come on now. Yeah, uh, Hollywood, yeah, yeah. Hollywood knockoff, we're real football, all that stuff. Michael Strahan uh, recognized the real, yeah, and he had the rock on talking about how great the XFL was on Good Morning America. So, I mean, it's uh, after week one. So there, there are some shots that are unnecessary. I get it, though. It's competition. It's par for the course. Um, if you are the best, you shouldn't be even mentioning the other, the other group. Honestly, Agreed. there's no need to mention it. That's how you Stay run. Humble. They're like you when, Stay humble. when you're num when usually uh, again I'm gonna get in trouble for this. Usually the number two is take shots at the number one. So I don't know. None of, neither one of these two leagues have established themselves where I can go. They're the best league. I'm waiting for them to see how they perform at, ongoing, and then I'll tell you who I think the best league is. But usually the team that the side that feels inferior takes the shots. So mm-hmm. um, you know, and then a Hollywood knockoff real. I mean that's just silly. Real fans. We got real fans over here. You cannot say we have real fans when you have stadiums with no fans in them. So mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't. That's you can't. I'm sorry. That'll get the the, the, the trolls or whatever you want to call them upset. <laughs> you, you cannot. If you can say the football stuff, but when you say real fans, do not be saying that with 38 fans at a Stars game. You know, so don't go there. It's so the fake, been, it's the fake been, crowd noise for me. It's the fake crowd really noise. Gets, yeah, it's, it's the COVID, the COVID soundtrack. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah, I call yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, and some games are packed and have great energy. That's cool. Yeah. I, at the end of the season, Michigan it was nice to see them win at home and all that. And EJ Perry played well, etc. But it's like 
But uh, yeah, it's kind of cheap, you know. I hope they get past that. Hopefully, five years from now, you go, remember when they had nobody at the games? Remember when the stars didn't even play in Philly? Hopefully, you get to that point where you can look back and say, well, they needed to do that in the early going so they could build up and be a strong league forever. But it's a weakness. There's no getting around it. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, I know. I didn't make a lot of friends with questions. that, but I'm. Yeah, go for it. I. I <laughs> Hopefully my battery on my laptop doesn't die. I think I got to plug it All right, in. last one, guys. <laughs> seriously, seriously, last one. But this was just too good to pass up. And then you may not even want to harp on this. And feel free to, to, to veto this if you don't want to talk about it. Go, go. Down the line, for just for fun, which two markets do you think are the first expansion markets? Ooh. It's a, kind of a tough one, too, considering. I, uh, oh, I think I... Oh. We lost him. Looks like it's trying to connect. We'll give him a second. Hey, I appreciate these questions, guys. Keep them pumping. Mike's good, good resource to find out some factual information. See what's happening on his end. We'll give him a little bit to return. Once he returns, if he makes it back, we'll, I'm going to ask him a few questions just regarding him and his, his professional background, his life. Just find out more about him. <laughs> yeah, let's just give him a second to return. I, I don't want to hop off yet. Most of the show was dedicated to Mike, so, you know, definitely want to want to get him back. I know he's he's making the efforts to get here, so no worries. Uh, but why? There he is. Sorry about that. He's back. There you are. No worries, man. It happens. I told you this. The stream game. It's happened. Common, common. This is my eleventh live stream, and everyone is a learning process. Everyone, there's a new issue. Everyone, there's something else to there fix. So, so it's all good. We were saying. I love the question. We were talking about expansion markets, right? Was that the question, right? So I I think I'm hopeful. There we go. I'm hopeful that the XFL, although maybe unrealistic, goes into the tri-state area or somewhere in California from a business standpoint. I think those are two big TV TV markets. I know I'm a homer when it comes to New York. I miss my New York Guardians. So um, I I consider the Cleveland Guardians and Fugazis and the Orlando Guardians. So anyway, so sorry. But, um, but, yeah, I would like to see the tri-state area. I think, as always, you want to see something like San Diego. I think San Diego would be an awesome – you know, the Bay State area, not only is those, those are top TV markets, anywhere in that, that, that area in California, I think Ohio is a tremendous football market. I'm surprised that the USFL is in Canton, Ohio, doesn't actually have Ohio team. These leagues always do well um, in Ohio in the TV ratings. So those are places that stand out to me. I wouldn't mind a team in Columbus or in Ohio. Um, those are those are things that stand. I'm sure I'm missing. I'm missing a lot of cities right now off the top of my head. Hey man, um, it's your opinion, so it's no worries. I think I think Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson has mentioned it, like in passing, and maybe this is a sentimental thing for him, but he would love to be in Hawaii. Um, you know, so they, you know, the the whole Samoan aspect and all that. So that, that would yep, be kind yep. of interesting. Uh, you could argue there are a couple of teams right now that maybe mm, are relocation. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Vegas Stadium situation. I, I, you know, the Vipers, mm, 
I'm not so sure about that move. I don't. I think that was a mistake on the XFL's part going into Vegas. So we'll see. Maybe they make it work. I don't see the upside there. Uh, I, you know, so we'll see. Um, but I, I do think San Diego, these markets, you know, you got to go to markets that love pro football and, you know, like the St. Louis market, right? Oh, yeah. You go to also go into markets that feel like they've been shortchanged. You know, like look at St. Louis, how great it's been for the XFL. Look at DC. DC, the DMV is terrific. The oh, DC is a, now hopefully Washington's going to come back around with Crazy Snyder out of there and maybe whatever. But that was a market that was dying for an alternative, right? Because because of everything that's gone on there with the former Skins and the Commanders, and they're probably going to have the name changed again. So um, it, it's crazy, but I, I think you want to choose markets that that love football. If it's not a business thing like New York or LA, because those TV markets do really well, you got to remember the highest rated non-NFL game is the New York Guardians, Tampa Bay Vipers, um, on Fox a few years back. So um, uh, in 2020, so um, those are big markets for money. So if you want to make money, if you want to get ratings, the XFL wasn't in those two big markets. That was a big factor in why the ratings were a little bit lesser. Uh, this go around, I know the landscape has changed, so that played a factor, streaming and everything else. But I, those are places I like. I'm sure I'm missing something. Maybe, Matthew, there's something that stands out. you got the breakers. They should be in New Orleans, so maybe they will end up there. Hey, if they were my way, I'd be there. Like I said, I'd be at every game. I mean, I'd have season tickets. I'd cover them, whatever I had to do. I mean, so I, I can I can attest to what you're saying. Yeah, and I, I just think that I, and then, you know, I think like that could be a game changer for, for like a, that could help a, a league like the USFL if they go in New Orleans. Maybe that'll happen. We'll see. The Generals got to play in the tri state area. So I, I do think there are some markets out there. I know I'm going to kick myself after this interview and say, why didn't I think of, why didn't I bring up that? Why? But Cali strikes me. I like anything. Uh, San Diego's my preference. Agreed. But I, I like being in California. I know. That you're competing against the sun, you're competing against a lot of things out there. You have to catch. I like these markets, even Oakland. I like these markets that have been kind of shunned yep. by the NFL or that you know that have proven in the past they can be passionate markets. Go there. Um, reward those teams with football teams. With uh, reward those cities with football teams. So we'll see. Hopefully, I answer that well. Yeah, yeah, you're good. So that's what. So do you think? Are we looking at the USFL? Are they going to open up to some more cities next year? Is that is that happening? Is that They've been trying. They would the the original goal of the USFL, and they're trying to drum up investment money, was to sell off these franchises to owners in the individual markets. I'm surprised they haven't found an owner yet in Birmingham. Um, it's a hot but, place to be. Yeah, yeah, and you know because they've been there for two years and they yep. got an awesome team. So you would figure by now that somebody would go, "Hey, let me own that team." But they're trying to get there. They're trying to get there. They're trying. They want to. They're not in a position financially and profit-wise to just let's just move all these teams in there. They're trying to avoid that. Otherwise, they would have done it already. Um, they're trying to find – they found a partner in Memphis that, had, you know, they gave them a nice little stadium deal. So they, they, they worked out something with Michigan, and so hopefully that works out. That's not an easy market, but I think the Panthers have a historic run there. So they have some nostalgia there, so hopefully that works out in the long run. So uh, we'll see. The, like I said, the, these teams got to be in their markets. I think that'll be, again, USFL ratings. That was they lost the ratings battle with the XFL because not only did they average less during the season, but they had way more big network games. The XFL had very few of them. They were on FX, and uh, the X, they should have killed. To be honest with you, they should have killed the XFL in the ratings. You yep, got twenty, yep, no 20, doubt, twenty some odd games NBC and Fox, and the other league doesn't. 
Yeah, if we so, had um, all those games from the XFL and ABC, you would see an exponential increase in, in those numbers, in my opinion. Thank you. It's the truth. And there's no getting around that. So, I mean, it's just the, just the way the numbers are. I know there's some people who are, uh, whatever, anti-XFL that would say, ESPN's just like Fox and NBC. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it, it's just not. So it's just it's not the same reach. It's not the same value. And if that were the case, then – and I, the XFL did have a couple of games that were in that $900,000 million range on ESPN. But anyhow, but uh, that's kind of like where that stands. So um, we'll see how it goes with these leagues, how they how they position themselves, what uh, what moves they make to, to better their, yes, their sir. futures. Yes, sir. Now, guys, that's it on the questions for now. You got anything major? I'll ask. But we're gonna we're gonna leave Mike alone. <laughs> he picked his ear pretty hard right here. Um, Mike, I just want to talk to you more, man. Get to know more about you. Like I said, I tried researching you before this interview, just trying to get some basis, just trying to get something that I could bring up. And he's like, what are you talking about? But couldn't <laughs> find much, man. Not much at all. But anyway, this can you fill us in your background? Like what where do you where are yeah. you from? What got you into this? What do you love about this so much that makes you that gives you this ambition and drive? Yeah, I'll try not to bore people too much. It's really kind of modest, you know. I played high school football. I'm from New York. I wrote about football. Um, I'm from the early days of the internet. So back when there were message boards and there wasn't much on the internet, I'm the early days of social media. So shout out to xflboard.com. Yes, sir. Great place. That, that was the, and they're still out there writing. I can't write on there anymore because I'll get in trouble because I would reveal, I reveal too much. The last, my last go round, I got in trouble <laughs> for doing it because it's hard not to, when you get in a message board and you get into a thread and people ask you stuff, it's hard not to reveal stuff, you know? So anyhow, uh, but burner, I, burner, that's what the yeah, burner's for. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, gotta, I gotta work on that. But, um, but xflboard.com, I started, uh, I, um, started writing on that message board and back in uh, 2000 and when the XFL in 2001 was going to debut and Greg Parks was on there, one, a terrific writer. Greg, and we, we, great writer. we would share opinions and thoughts. Right. And so just so happened I'm from the tri-state area and I, and Mark Nelson, the owner and operator there was looking for guys who write. I guess people were somewhat impressed with what I was writing on the boards and my opinions and all that. And I, just as a super fan, somebody who's been a fan of the NFL and college football, who's an OG USFL fan, um, who got, who's loved NFL Europe, the World League of American Football, the CFL, huge fan since I was a kid. I love all forms of fo pro football. I, I love the idea of the XFL, as crazy as Vince McMahon is and as crazy as the concept was. I thought this was really cool. And the opportunity came up by writing on the message board to cover the XFL uh, and cover the Hitmen back in 2001. And I got press credentials and I started going to games and all that. So this was like really cool. This was uh, back when I was much younger than I am now. And so, you know, we know what happened with, X with the He Hate Me XFL. That league went away. Um, life moved on and still maintained huge football fandom and everything, but I just wasn't writing or covering anything. And then in 2018, strangely enough, I hear the XFL is returning. I seek out XFL board. I see they're still around. Wow. Kind of a, it was a kind of a, all these years, Mark Nelson kept it up. He's still and rolling. So, he's still going. He's still man. rolling. Still yep. going. I love it. I love it. So um, what ended up happening was this league's coming back. I love this concept. 
I'm glad another crazy maniac is trying it. Just so happened the AAF was doing it at the time too. Otherwise, I would have covered that league too. I, I was interested in that league as well, but Mark Nelson wasn't covering the AAF back then. So, I mean, we talked about it, wrote about it on the message board, but it wasn't something where individual teams are being covered. So that's my long regret. I've covered all these leagues. That was the one I didn't. So anyhow, so I decided to jump back into it. I'm not a social media guy. I decided, what the hell? Let me just sign up for Twitter and share my articles, my opinions. This is something I'm passionate about. And then little by little, even though I suck at social media, I managed to pick up a following. And players reach out to you. Agents reach out to you. Coaches reach out to you. They're in your DMs, then you're in their DMs, and then all of a sudden, I started building up followers, and um, we started writing about these leagues, and then craziness happened with COVID, and then start covering the Spring League, and it went over to XFLNewsHub.com, and, cover, and I, ah, it was tremendous that now I'm covering the CFL too, league that I love, Toronto. You do a lot. Yeah, so... So, and then also writing, then I get noticed and I start writing about the New York Jets. I don't write about them enough. I just don't have time for all these leagues um, uh, <laughs> at the jetpress.com. So, um, but that's kind of like my crazy story is I'm just a, I'm just a fan. I'm not a journalism major. I'm not a guy who like, you know, wrote at the New York Post or anything like that, you know, or, or any big publications. I'm just a fan like anybody else. And today's day and age, a lot of people who are passionate and start blogs and are writers and all that you can develop a following you can get credentials if you put in good work if you're really into it a lot of this stuff for me is just by accident really it's just something i'm passionate about that i cover that i'm interested in and you know you end up getting credentials some respect i know i've got some haters out there for, for no reason whatsoever it's gonna happen when you're successful, man you're <laughs> doing way anything good people are gonna have no you. reason i've never you know it's just funny. anyhow it is what it is but um but yeah so that's kind of my story it's kind of boring maybe some people consider it lame i don't have a <laughs> master's degree i'm not I'm not a big time college graduate i'm not you know so there's not a lot out there about mike mitchell if you look up, you know, if you Google Mike Mitchell, there's a lot of people named Mike Mitchell. Uh, um, I looked into Steelers, Mike Mitchell. Do you know, do you know who, any details? Oh, on that? Of, of yeah. course. Okay. Of course. <laughs> he, and during the Jets once, he got into a whole fight with, uh, he tried to, you know how NFL teams try to run out the clock by kneeling, right? That's commonplace. Everybody knows what that is. But Mike Mitchell tried to do the old, let me jump over the center and cause a fumble deal. And that led him to a fight with Nick Mangold, the center of the year Jets a few years back, though. So. But I didn't do it. He did it. But, <laughs> but it's, it's such a common name, right? So, um, you know, but uh, that's kind of the story there. But, yeah, so um, so that's really, you know, and, and the insider thing, I, I honestly, I'm not, I, if you look at any of my handles, I don't put that. I yeah, I'm taking people, this name, I, if I if you would have had me this that, established, I would not have taken it. You know, I, I, I'm I, I not searched even, and searched. And honestly, I don't really, uh, this is the truth. I don't really like social media. Like, so I don't like tweeting a lot. I don't, I'm a, I'm a writer. So I get writer's block. And a lot of times I will delete entire paragraphs. So when it comes to like Twitter and stuff, let start all over again. Understood. And so when it comes to like Twitter and stuff, oh man, you should see the, the tweets that don't make it there. <laughs> so there's a lot I don't send. I know um, there's a lot where I'll miss myself personally. I'll just miss a word or something and it'll have 600. 1200 views and not delete let's just start this uh, over you know, oh, yeah, not a video. Yeah. yeah the other day the other night i think i ran into that i was trying to put in gary and conley i know how to spell it gary and conley and then i had to delete it two or three times it kept 
I got autocorrect Darren Colin Connolly or whatever the hell. I'm like, what the hell's going on? But yeah, so like I'm I'm just not like you know. So it, it, you know, it, when it comes to like social media and all that stuff, I appreciate anybody who follows me out there. I do get. I don't call myself an insider, but for whatever crazy reason, I do search for stories. I do double check. I do go through multiple sources. I do wait till yep. someone yep. gives me clearance on anything. It's fun to run with rumors. I try to avoid that if I can. Same. So and so, it, it's fun. Like you hear a lot of like I when the Vegas job was up, I found out about Anthony Blevins, but I heard names. If you guys want to have fun with this stuff, Chris Dishman was interviewed for the job. He's not going to be back with the Vegas Vipers. He's leaving. So Anthony Blevins got some changes to that staff. Um, a funny name is Gruden, but not the Gruden everybody thinks of. Jay Gruden is somebody that supposedly was in gotcha. the mix for that job. I think they had an interest in A.J. Smith, the Roughnecks coach. Um, so Pep Hamilton's name was mentioned and all that. But, you know, the fact that they hired a coach that's a standing NFL coach is very impressive. Yeah, not easy to – he's get, who's getting interviewed for coordinator jobs the NFL. It's not easy to get somebody to leave the NFL. So that's a pretty impressive thing. That could, if there's success there, that doesn't mean he's going to be great. We'll see if he is, Anthony Blevins. But if he, if there's success there, that opens the door for more coaches that are in the NFL right now to leave the NFL. If they have an assistant job and they feel like they're never going to make it through that glass ceiling and become a head coach, that opens the door for them to, um, to, that, to try leave like the XFL to give that a shot. Rather than a lot of times these leagues, they end up getting, I hate to use this word, but retreads. Guys have been retired. Jeff Fisher types who wearing flip flops at practice, trying to get out of trying to get out of there, go fishing as soon as possible. <laughs> gotta get you know, a check, so, man. We gotta yeah, get a check. Yeah, it's like a leisure job. Like, hey, I'll just do this for a few months a year. Like a guy like Blevins, I'm not saying he's gonna be great. He might end up being horrible. He might be horrible at clock management. He might he might he might not be cut out for the job. He might uh, I hate to be disrespectful, Terrell Buckley the job, right? So we'll see. But you know, um, if it does work out for, for someone like him, then it opens the door for so many others that are usually excluded. I like the fact that it's a special teams coach because a lot of times special teams coaches get ignored for head coaching jobs. I don't know why. They're involved in every aspect. They coach every player on the team, offense, defense. They're involved in game management. Clock management, special teams are very important in any but, game. Yeah. So I'm happy. Like I've, I've always thought like Mike Westoff is somebody who should have gotten a job as a head coach. I was very impressed with him. There's a lot of guys like that out there that just get ignored. for So – and that's what's great about these leagues is guys who normally get overlooked get opportunities that they wouldn't get elsewhere. So we'll see how it goes with him. But I like the idea behind the hire uh, itself, and I like the precedent that it set. Agreed. Agreed. That diversity there, and it's diverse in numerous ways. As you just said, one, I could say three or four more. So, I mean, I mean he, he's a man of color, and so it, he's also a doctor. So all those things are very Pretty good. Awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. But like you said – him as a player and a coach, or him as a coach and a coordinator, it, it may not translate to a head coach. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. Maybe. Regardless, maybe. we'll support it. You know. Well, that's the thing. You know, like you can grow into the job. Like it's where I mean, mm-hmm. I took a little shot at Terrell Buckley, but who's to say Terrell Buckley doesn't learn from his first year of experience and becomes a better leader as he goes on? His team played better towards the end of the year. I know they much they, better. Much better. We look at the one and nine record. You go, oh, that's not great. How could that be great, Mike? But they played much better. They knocked off DC. They were. I think he started getting the hang of things. Does that mean they're all of a sudden going to be contenders next year? Um, maybe, maybe not. But uh, perhaps, li- like anyone else, it, it's after his first rodeo, he can get better. So it's a league of opportunity, but it's a league of, de- you know, they say development. It's also development for coaches, too. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited about that. I mean, all great points, Mike. And that's what my next question was. How did you get started writing? But you just told us that already. You started with XFL Board, correct? Yeah, it's crazy. I started writing there. And if you go to XFLboard.com, you check out the archives. You can read some of the articles. I get a kick out of them. Sometimes because it's written in the voice of a 20-something-year-old guy. (laughs) I was really pissed off at the media the media was really hard on the xfl in 2000 i can't imagine back then yeah oh my god they were burying them i mean it was like a hit piece after hit piece after hit piece you think these leagues get it rough now you got to go back to that they were like because you know the xfl made enemies they made enemies with the state so mr man that's on him i guess you know but i mean they were really rough the football got better as the season went along and there were some really good players in that league that ended up playing in the nfl and having long careers and so I think people were a little rough, a little too rough, and were just like too dismissive of it. I get why they were. I get it totally. But yeah, yeah. I wrote a whole I wrote a whole article where I went after the mainstream media. And when I read it, I can read it in my twenty year old voice. You know? <laughs> I, I know that it was much different back then. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check those out now that you told and they're me. They're great. They're all oh, man. They're really great. My article when the hitman got eliminated from the playoffs when they didn't make the playoffs the end of the year because there was like they they actually it was like similar to what we saw in the xfl and the USFL where they were like hovering over 500 they could have snuck in late in the year and you know the demons ended up whatever getting to the championship game to five and five back then but so the the hitman actually got hot towards the end of the year and they almost made the playoffs believe it or not it was a crazy year but if you read that article uh it's really well written it's not bad i hate to, i hate to pat on my back but and, you know i'm it, it was really good the heartbreak how I broke down the game. Some of my best work, really. I don't I'm know definitely going to check it out. Definitely. It. It's really good. I mean, coming, I think I so I was 10 when that league was occurring. So, I mean, that's the that only thing that I find. And I mean, I watched it back then. I remember it, but I was a 10-year-old. Um, right. You know, the old YouTube stuff, publications that came out. I mean, the news. I mean, it's uh, that's going to be it a good a fun league. It's so crazy if you go back and watch that league. If you actually, the games are out there on YouTube. If you go back yep. and watch the XFL back then, oh my God, it's like watching a football league from a different planet. Oh yeah, it's it like wrestling is, mixed with football. Even if you, even if you watch the NFL in the, if you watch an NFL game from the nineties, you go wow, and watch an NFL game today, you see how different it is. There's head hunting. There's wide receivers that walk over the middle. The alligator arms, you know. In the XFL, it was so damn violent it was you know you you have so many it was there there was if you want if you like hard hits mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if you don't care about the quarterback being protected and i mean and, and and all that kind of stuff if you're not big on today's modern protect the players at all costs which i think is cool by the way but if you're not into that and you just want to go back and watch some xfl games and, and, and on YouTube or whatever, and watch those games, and you're going to see like some of the most vicious and violent hits that you and you can't believe that football is played this way. It's awesome <laughs> if you, yeah. I mean, it's, it's worth it's watching. It's kind of awesome. It's actually, it's actually, you know, I would t- I would suggest some of those Sunday night UPN games. I know mm-hmm. how crazy. Those, maybe some of the commentary Brian Bosworth turns you off. But they're like openly on air talking about, yeah, hit the quarterback again, you know? So, I mean, it's a great hit. They're celebrating, like knocking a guy out. I think I'm, maybe it's escaping me because I've talked so much football the last hour or so. But Casey, was it Casey Weldon? There's an incident during an XFL game where the quarterback is concussed and he's asking his teammate to hug him and he's crying. 
and it's not a wrestling, as they would call it, a work. I need to go find that clip. I think if I'm pretty sure that's the Birmingham Thunderbolts back in 2001, where he is hit so hard, the quarterback, that he doesn't know what's going on, where he is, and he's starting to cry. I think I remember <laughs> it's, that. It's pretty crazy. So, I mean, that was a wild league. That was a wild-ass league. But they had good players, and I was into the concept. And I wasn't so much in, into the anti-NFL thing, but a lot of people were. They, they, you know, I get why they got into that aspect of it. The yeah. Thunderbolts were a direct knockoff of the Charger uniforms and the logo and all that. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> the Maniacs escaped from an asylum. Love the so, Memphis Maniacs now. That's my that's my team. It has, that league has its charm. I still contend the Las Vegas Outlaws had one of the best brands. Like yeah, the, color, yeah. the colors were awesome. Their logo was awesome. It holds up today. Still. It holds up today. Those uniforms yeah. were, were very cool. I think there was an XFL player this season. I apologize for not remembering who it was who actually wore a Las Vegas Outlaws jersey uh, going into the game. I can't. I remember that as well. Yeah, uh, it escaped me. I don't know if it was. I, I, I'm probably going to make a mistake. It was, might have been a Battlehawks player, like Trey Watson or somebody like that. But if I'm if I made a mistake, there, I apologize. But. But anyhow, that it, it's fun reminiscing and going back to all this stuff. But that's like my or it my as lame as it sounds to some people, that's my origin story. Going into that press box as a twenty-something-year-old kid, and I saw a lot of mainstream people in that press box. It felt like I didn't deserve to be there. But when I got in there and I saw how they only cared about catering and eating, and you saw like all these near post guys and whatever, and they didn't care about the games, and I was mm-hmm. actually passionate about it and I cared. All of a sudden, I felt like the professional, who had an open yep. mind about things. Even though I was a younger, younger guy, and they were and they were seasoned pros that were just no m- mocking the players. I mean, it was just like it was just something else. It was interesting times. Did did you go to any games this season? Did you attend in person anywhere? Unfortunately, I don't want to get into too much disclosure because I'm kind of going through some stuff right now in my personal life. But um, I wasn't able. It's one of the regrets. I haven't been able to go to like a lot like USFL. I want to go to CFL. I have the Argonauts organization is very friendly and the press credential set up for me. I haven't been able to travel. And That's I cool. wanted yeah, and I wanted to go out there and see the Argonauts out there in Toronto. And I would love to uh, go to an XFL, USFL game. I just haven't had an opportunity because um, there are people that I care for um, that, you know, that, that are in the rough spots. Anyhow, I don't want to well, hope, hope that yeah, hope that goes good, man. We'll be praying for you for sure, man. Thank, thank you, Matthew. Appreciate it. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I'll say like that, like you said, you get in that box and it shapes your experience completely different. Uh, this, the things that I see and discussed in that place was, it, it, at least with the people that cared. I mean, that was the best environment for football slash sports that I've ever been in. I've been in athletics. I've been a coach. I've been an administrator. I've done all these things in athletics. So, But getting up there and and actually talking and and caring and and providing your insight and it being valuable, man, and you're talking with some of these people, I mean, from ESPN, uh, pro scouts, different news groups. Uh, when I come in, it, it was different, and I was not ready. I, like you, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm uh, I was 31 at the time when it started, uh, so I mean I was not prepared. But come game six, come game seven, was going and rolling, and it was a good time, and it's something that I'll never forget. So I could see how that experience right there is is very impactful in in your past. And, and something you, you know, you it, 
Yeah, my love of the USFL in the 80s is what got me into the concept. And then I held a candle for the, that XFL. That experience I had as a football fan and, and you know, writer and all that, I didn't forget that. So I remembered what it was like going to the games and covering the league. And so when this XFL came back, um, I was like, oh, this is great. They're actually going to try this. So many leagues have tried it, and it just hasn't worked yep. out. So it, it was really cool to see even the CFL try to come into the United States and, and do American teams, and I follow that league as well. So I follow those teams as well. The Baltimore Stallions are really good. So, um, but anyhow, but um, <clears throat> it, it's quite an experience. It, this is we talk about opportunities, right? That it provides for players, coaches. We talked about Blevins, all this stuff. It also provides opportunities for people who are want to become football yep. writers or who want to get into this field, who want to embrace this. And, you know, whatever you are, there are guys who work at XFL Board, XFL News Hub, like Jay Noakes works for the San Antonio Brahmas. And that's his dream to work in pro sports. He's a social media guy there. And so you got a lot of these guys who are fulfilling their dreams on the media side too, guys who host podcasts, guys who cover the league. So um, it provides opportunities for, 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 for them as well. And it's a really great. Yes, sir. No doubt. Like I said, there's always a player 54 amongst us, whether it's in your job, in your life, or in athletics. There's it, Take advantage of your opportunity and run with it and, and be professional. Do what you can do. Be detailed and, and just do the best you can. That, that's what I, I spout constantly in the show and especially the first few episodes. Couldn't believe I was doing it. I could not. Call, tell me a year ago I was doing any of this and I would have laughed at you. So I, I totally see what you're saying. And once again, man, I appreciate guys like you taking the time to come on and come on a new show, come on something and, and, and spend your livelihood and professionalism, you know, just talking. So it's, it's a great honor, man. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much, Matthew. For having, I love the work that you're doing. And, um, and this is great. There are fans out there that really appreciate this. They really they love that you you have a show out there. There's so many different shows out there dedicated to this. Here, Michael last yes, on early, uh, you know, one of the questions there. There's so many guys out there that like they don't understand that they are actually they're providing a great service uh, to people that are interested. So it, these shows mean nothing if there aren't people out there in Facebook groups and on even the crazy discords and the Reddit's that I mentioned earlier. That yep. that if it isn't if it wasn't for them these shows would mean nothing so it's important now hopefully the leagues uh have more of an appreciation uh for these shows and you, you keep getting great guests and, and all that there's a lot of great uh content creators out there that truly love these leagues and want to see them succeed for all the right reasons so um agreed it's cool thanks for it we're all part of that to me no matter where what site you're on the, the newsroom xfl board xfl news hub and all the USFL sites, whatever. I, I think to me, you're part of the cool kids. If you like these leagues and you support them, you're you're on my team. So yep. um, that's the way I see it. You know, whether Appreciate you hate that. me, or, whether you hate me or not, you're on my team. We're all, we're on the same <laughs> so, we're on the same side, but we all owe it to each other to do a good job. I, yep. I, I hate to get into that whole gatekeeping police stuff, but you know, there there are people outsiders who see us and you know they they kind of look down on the bloggers, the fan sites, the all that. So it's kind of important to like show them, I hate to say it, so show them up. Yes. Do, like, do a great job. Like say, hey, no, no, we're legit. We're not just some goofballs. Yes. So it's Agreed. okay to be, a, it's okay to be a goofball every once in a while, but you know, <laughs> but you, but, but you, you, you want to do a great job. So I appreciate what you're doing too, Matthew. 
Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Now, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions, if that's cool, and then we'll let you hop let's, off, man. We've, we've been on here for an hour and 40 minutes. I told you before we got <laughs> on air this was going to happen. With my big mouth, my rambling, my nerd my nerd abilities. Um, <laughs> so, it's all know, good, I brother. I appreciate it, like I said. Now, that's, what what's... Like, uh, what, what's some of the best aspects of your career? Something that, like, it, what do you enjoy the most about it? I mean, I know you, from what I, I hear, it's a collaboration, giving a voice, giving, giving, giving some objective and, and factual things. I love, to... I, I love writing. I like trying to provide as best as I can insights that I haven't heard or read anywhere else. I love finding angles that other people aren't looking towards. Um, when I discover that, it's tough as a writer sometimes because it, it, I would write a hell of a lot more if I was just focused in on making money. I get paid to write, and there's certain sites that pay me per article. But I, I would it, just to write an article is not fun for me because um, you know just for the hell of it. I really like try as best as I can, even if I'm covering a new story. Like today, I had a Defenders article that came out about their claims, right? I'm trying to, to, to try to get an angle in there that other people haven't written about or thought about. That's my, that's the fun I have. Just watching the games, period, um, and, you know, is the best aspect of it. The stories are there. Um, and so I love this rise. This period of the year is so cool to me. Like, it's, I don't know, it's a constant underdog story. Like, yep. that's why I love, love about these leagues. Like, even right now, as you see, like, XFL players signing on to NFL teams, USFL players signing on to NFL teams. I love the journey. There's something about this journey that, I don't know, like appeals to me. Um, so that that's the, the underdog journey itself. So, um, I, you know, maybe I didn't articulate that the best way, but that's part of the writing there. Makes sense, makes sense. Yeah, the, that's part of the, the underdog aspect, it, the following these players make it and the watching these leagues try to make it when I know the odds are heavily against them. And um, and the, the writing aspect is to try to be and speaking, I guess, to try to be insightful and try to give angles, you know, that maybe others haven't thought of, or that I just want. I love express certain things I want to express that maybe others are thinking of and or written about, and that that I'm that, that maybe I'm matching up with uh, what where other people are at in that aspect. So that's probably the best aspects, you know, as far as far as that goes. Gotcha, man. I mean, that's a good answer. And I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. If you watch past episodes, you'll hear me say the exact same thing. Almost. That's it's cool. the underdogs. It's, it's the Juco guys. It's the HBCU guys. It's people that don't get attention. So, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I root uh, for these, I root for these leagues. Like they're one single team. Exactly. Like, like it's kind of weird to me. Like I don't have, I don't have a favorite team in these leagues. Like I don't have like a, a you know that's it's kind of hard. It's hard to be a fan. I'm not saying that there isn't like I'm covering the defenders, but they're not my team per se. Understood. You know, I, you know so it's like it's the same. Like I, honestly, I'm a New York Jets fan. I'm a Toronto Argonauts fan. So I'm critical of both those teams. I, co I cover them, but I'm not. Uh, you know, but I don't in these in these leagues. I root for the entire league to succeed. So I want the entire USFL to succeed because I want the entire XFL to. Because I know that um, the odds are against them, so I look at them as like they're one entire franchise. It's kind of an interesting, unique aspect. Because in the NFL, I don't care if the Browns suck. I mean, it's it's cool if they're good. I mean, fine, so be it. I'm not hating, but uh, you know, but if they're they're zero at seventeen, that's not going to bother me. 
So, <laughs> the NFL me, will, me either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The NFL is going to still go on. They're still going to make a ton of money. The Browns are not going away. They can they can lose five straight years in a row. They're still going to be around. These leagues, there's no guarantee they'll be around. Like that's why I want to see these leagues survive and, and make it. So anyhow, that's it. That's kind of an answer there. Understood. Understood. Makes sense, man. I mean, it, it, it it's it. It may not be uh, a movie worthy script you're, you're spouting, but what you're saying comes from the heart and it's true. So I, I can understand and, and it, it's all good, man. Um, let's move on to another question. And this will be the last one. I'll leave you at that. Uh, what's your outlook for a successful spring football or alternative league such as the XFL or USFL? What, what do you see being successful and how, how are they going to make it successful? Continuing. Uh. They gotta last, you know. They, they basically, I know that that's not a Hollywood script answer either, right? <laughs> but um, that's why my writing is difficult because I gotta sit there and think things over. You know, these thoughts that come in my head are random, but um, takes a while to formulate the right thing. But I will say, yeah, I will say, I will say that you know, um, we mentioned earlier in our conversation that in, these leagues need to appeal to more mainstream football fans in order to be successful they're kind of niche products at the moment they have limited viewership and there's like a cap on how many people are interested i think the moment that you know little by little it's not going to happen overnight but I, earlier in this conversation i talked about star players coming from these leagues and becoming star players in the nfl that will help that's just one aspect um you know that that'll show, but you need to start att- attracting more mainstream football fans, the media, when we get to the point, I think I've said this about a zillion times, we get to the point where the outlets that cover these leagues are actually talking about the players and the teams. When we're breaking down the Birmingham Stallions rushing attack, and will they be able to run the ball against the gamblers front? Or will the defenders be able to pass the ball against the Dragons? When the mainstream outlets are talking about that, and that's part of the daily conversation, that's when you know. That's when you know these leagues have made it. Yep. That's when you know these leagues have made it. And we haven't reached that point yet. It hasn't. You know. It sometimes we, we when these leagues are mentioned, even when the Rock is on some outlet and he's asked about the league, it becomes about the Rock's journey. It becomes about him playing with you. It becomes about all that. They're not really wondering about Jordan Tiamo and Chris Blair and his yards per catch and et cetera, et cetera. And Greg Williams' defense. So I, I think. Um, I think uh, it has to get to the point where the the has more of an appeal to the mainstream, um, and that it draws in more football fans for these leagues to be successful and and make it. Because <clears throat> I wonder if the audience they currently have now is enough for them to sustain and be around 10, 15, 20 years. I don't know if that's enough to be honest. Understood. Um, one of these leagues, maybe both, but one of these leagues, sooner or later, I contend is going to make it and be around forever. Hopefully, it's one of the leagues that's currently in existence now. Sooner or later, I know some people out there subscribe to the theory that uh, the NFL will one day just do it. But the NFL tried this. I know this is a different era. The NFL actually had not only NFL Europe, but they actually tried to do a spring pro football league with teams in Canada and the United States and markets that didn't have teams. They pulled the plug on it quickly, decided to turn it into a European league, and then they pulled the plug on it immediately. Maybe what year was that? Do you know? This, is the, this is the 90s. 
Gotcha, so gotcha. The, 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 it's the World League of American Football. You had the New York, New Jersey Knights. You had the Montreal Machine. You had, I thought it was, <clears throat> I thought it was going to be heaven sent. The NFL is starting their own spring pro football league. They're sending NFL players to these teams. And they're going to have teams internationally and in the States, you know, in Canada and all over in London. And this is going to be awesome. But they, they had games on ABC. They had games on the USA Network, all that. It just did not take off in the States. Very quickly, they pulled the plug, decided just making an NFL Europe outlet. That's people forget this. Because I, in the NFL in the 90s, wasn't as popular as it is now, especially in the early going. I remember articles by Peter King. They said, uh, I think it was 10 ways to save a dying and boring league. I could, I could send you that. That was a front cover. <laughs> the 10 ways to save a boring and Peter King's one of the best writers out there, one of my favorite writers. And he wrote a whole the, – the NFL was considered, you know, a fading and boring league in the early 90s. Basketball was taking over and all that. Now the NFL is king. It rules the roost. There's nothing more important or more better. that does better ratings, et cetera, et cetera. So I think um, the, one of these leagues is eventually going to make it. Um, I think it has to appeal to more mainstream fans. It has to get beyond, beyond us. I hate to put it that way. But I, you know, it, it makes it's, sense. Uh, yeah, it's that it, at some point, and I think I don't know what the events are, but I think lasting and being around for a specific amount of time will help these leagues uh, start to convince more people to give them a shot. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Solid answer, and I agree a hundred percent. If we had one spring league right now, it would be very big. But since we have two, we're spread out. This this fandom is spread thin right now. A lot of people have talked a combination or a merger or whatever, but we know that that's not too likely. Yeah, you have to make too many things work, but in theory it would be fun if all of a sudden they said, hey, let's do the calendar together. We're major networks. We get, well, let's make a 16-team league tomorrow. you got to remember with these leagues too, they have limitations in terms of ratings as well yep. because they're only in eight markets. So it's like, okay, well, we can get beyond the fact that USFL, some of their teams are not even in their markets. But – they're only in eight markets. The NFL is as popular as it is, you know, because of fantasy football, because of gambling, because yep, of, yep, so yep. somebody who's a fan of the Saints will watch a Browns uh, Cardinals game, yep. you know, because they're into gambling, they're into fantasy, or they just love the sport so much that they'll, they'll watch it. I know I'm a maniac and I'll watch a game at three o'clock in the morning if you put it on. Yep. But um, they have 32 invested markets. So, and then, so that's why ratings are so huge fantasy the gambling and they have fans from every market that will watch every team these smaller leagues they only have eight markets and so they they only have those specific you're likely not going to get teams that don't have cities that don't have uh teams in their markets to watch the xfl uh, unless it's like casually you know so it's uh so that's kind of like people in san diego are not clamoring to watch a renegade team you know, so it's like, so that's kind of the story there. So the larger these leagues can get, the sooner they can get there. The the the, the, the problem is cost of doing that. Everybody wants expansion, but it, it, these leagues are as costly as they are right now. Money, money, money. Money. So, so, but if they ever get to a point where it's 10, 12, 16, and they can sustain that financially, they're going to see a big difference. If these leagues start to grow, the problem is leagues in the past, like the USFL or whatever, they went too big too soon. So they had like already, they were, uh, had like 20 plus teams already. And you've seen that with the Euro European League of Football. Yep, yep. They expanded too quickly. And now all of a sudden, now teams can't finish the season. Teams can't do this. Owners are bailing, all that. 
So it's uh, it's a little worrisome. You got to be a little bit careful uh, how you do that. There's got to be a method to your madness. But if ever Agreed. one of these, if whenever one of these leagues gets to the point, if they merge or whatever the hell, he can get to 12, 14, that will be the ultimate sign of of success if they can get to that point. Yeah, I mean, I just I was a big AAF guy. I went to a lot of the Memphis games, there the Express games in Liberty Bowl. This is a great place, beautiful place. Uh, but like you said. <clears throat> they started off in the red. I mean, they didn't have any money. They were, they were looking for an investor when the season started, trying to just pay people checks. So, I mean, it, you got to take your time and get your feet up under you before you can just go and, and run around. So, and the uh, examples and the examples of the AEF, which is a league that I love too, and the Memphis Express was an awesome brand, is why leagues like the USFL, why Fox and Redbird are taking more of a fiscally responsible why teams are traveling together it's why a hub exists all in one location it's why you see in this thing where there's off-season employees and all this kind of stuff they're trying to curtail costs because they've seen the example of leagues in the past that went all in too soon too much money and then drowned in the sea of red so so they're trying to get they're succeeding at getting past the first stages the question is to the survival part for the moment and they get to the thriving part. That's the key. We'll see. Maybe. Understood. Great, great insights, Mike. Appreciate you, man. Greatly Thank for coming you. on. That's that's the last question I'm gonna I'm gonna pick your ear on. I mean, it's been two hours almost. So, <laughs> man, thank you again for coming on, dude. This has been a great show. Best show I think I've had so far. So thank you. Thank always you. Really welcome back, man. Every, anytime really, you want to come on, let me know, please. Ab- absolutely. I'm my own worst critic, so I always worry that uh, hopefully I wasn't rambling on too long. Oh, and no. maybe- so hopefully I did a good job here. Hopefully I didn't put people to sleep out there. Um, no, man. <laughs> I love the questions. I love the questions, and I appreciate that people care. And that, and I thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, Mike. Like I said, keep doing great work, man. You're you're a pinnacle of this spring football uh, fandom, whether you know it or not. And a lot of people are looking for you for reliable information, and you you do it. So thanks, man. It's been great to get to know you more. Just pick your ear and talk to you. See your opinion. I mean, this this was as a as a fan and, and a media uh, personality at this point, uh, I, I, this is an honor for me. So thanks again, man. Thank for, you. I seriously. That. You're going to make me blush. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully thanks, next year we'll come. We'll be able to meet up at some games. That would I'm be attempting, cool. I'm going to try to do a tour next year and, and visit more than one stadium. So we'll see how that works. So, see did, if I can so meet did, up you, with you. did you did you go to St. Louis? Did you go to D.C.? No, no, no. I never went anywhere but Houston and San Antonio. Those are... Uh, Texas, Texas, Texas for me. Yeah, I went to all the choice. Houston games, and then I went to the San Antonio, the championship game. And um, like I said, just like with the podcast, each one with a, was a learning experience. Uh, I mean, by the time we hit that championship, it was full sails ahead, rolling. So uh, I, I look goes, forward to seeing every, you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I got to get out to everyone who's gone to a, a St. Louis game and told me how amazing that atmosphere is. I've been there as a fan, but not as a media. So, yes, it is. The the D.C. atmosphere, though, is something else. I I heard that as well. It is really – it might top the – St. Louis fans are going to get mad. But it might top the (laughs) St. Louis experience. Those fans are rowdy, they're crazy, all that. But it's just a different universe, the the D.C. It's just like such a different atmosphere. There's so many people that are a huge – 
uh, NFL fans and all that that have gone to DC games and go, wow, there's no way I'm not coming back. Um, it's just fun. So I guess maybe you got to be a certain younger crowd and all that, maybe to get in on that. And uh, so, so, but oh, it's just a different college like, college like little yeah. bit of wrestling, college like atmosphere. Uh, they're just fun. They were, I mean, they, they'll, they'll, they're singing songs. Like they, I think they even broke out some John Bon Jovi songs. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's just like, it's just a fun, fun atmosphere, you know? So it's like, uh, yeah, those are definitely must if you're into this kind of stuff, if you're into these leagues. Those are definitely, DC and St. Louis are must go to uh, events that are better games. So, so uh, yeah, and I would love to meet you, Matthew. So hopefully, yes, sir, me too, dude. Yeah, we'll we'll have to get something worked out, and yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah, I, I heard that DC is really nice because it's got that close feel. You know, you're in a soccer stadium, so everybody's on top of of the game actually. So it's a whole another feel compared to being in like the Superdome or the Battle Dome, is what I call it's it. The, it's the yeah, it's the adult, it's the ideal setup for the for any league really, but for these kinds of leagues, the way you're on top of the action, all that, you know, the acoustics. You feel like you're kind of like on the field. It's just a beautiful, audio field is beautiful. So it's like, it's the perfect size. You kind of like, you know, maybe, maybe they can add some more seating there. You'd like to be, you know, maybe have more fans because that place sold out. But um, you, you know, they can sell out more. You can have more fans in there, but it's the perfect size for these kind of leagues. Um, it's the way to go. You know, the Alamo Dome, you can have a nice crowd that's loud. But, you know, if it's like 15,000 or 12,000 in that large stadium, it just comes off differently on television, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it might be a great crowd. They've had some great crowds. It was cool at the championship game to see fans from all over the country there. That was yeah, cool. Yeah. That was yeah. a good example. The excess of the XFL, even having Orlando Guardian fans at the game. Man, so, the D.C. fans came in hard, man. I saw. I was – they were everywhere. And then everywhere you went. Beer snake going in, the, in, the, in town, isn't it? So awesome. It was um, a good time. Yeah, so um, it's good to see. I love to see that kind of atmosphere in these leagues, and so it's good that these DC and St. Louis, those are two things from 2020 that this league wisely held on to, and 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 they, they paid off having them yeah. back. So that was cool. Be proud of them both because it that it's where it's at in terms of fandom right now. Um, you can see just the shows that, like I said, the X Fan Show and some others. They've got a huge fan following because that that team and, and their franchise is is legitimate in terms of how they love them. So, uh, yeah, man. I, thanks again for coming on, Mike. I appreciate you. And I'll say this last thing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're fine. Like I said, talking. For, this is like a marathon. If by chance, I hate to say it this way. If by chance, and I may have said this somewhere else, but if by chance this XFL doesn't work, the DC Defenders and St. Louis Battlehawks must live on. Whether that's whether the USFL gets that trademark or the CFL goes, what the hell, let's have a St. Louis franchise. Those two need to live on somehow, some way. If this XFL, I know that you know XFL fans, you know, may be upset me even suggesting that the league will not make it past year two, three, four, five, whatever. But uh, I've seen enough where I, where I think St. Louis deserves to have a pro football team. And yes, the sir. Battle Haw and the Battlehawks have such a cool brand and fun brand, as ludicrous as it sounded initially. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they have the caca is the law. And mm -hmm. the Defenders have an awesome brand. And they have a fun and they have a cool following. 
So if by chance, for whatever crazy reason, this XFL doesn't work out, somebody's got to be smart enough to revive immediately the St. Louis and D.C. Hopefully he doesn't come to that point. But uh, but I, I, I've seen enough where, where I think those any spring football league that's out there needs to have those two cities immediately. So, and those, those two brands, that's important. Those are well-established brands now. So, yeah, yeah. So. The red and the blue, man. It, it's iconic at this point with amongst yeah. us. So right, exactly. I, I understand 100% where you're coming from with that. But anywho, Mike, I guess we'll let you go, man. I, like I said, thanks again, brother. This has been fantastic. Uh, it's the best two hours I've had since I started this live uh, stream event. So I appreciate you, man, greatly. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, I've, I've, you. I've, I've preached and preached about, about you, man, so... Thanks again, brother. I appreciate you. Thank Have a good night and God bless you. Same to you, Matthew. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Until next time, Mike. Much respect. All right. Appreciate Mike, man. Great interview. Oh, oh hold on. He's still going. He's still going. You still going, Mike? There you are. What'd you what'd you say? Oh, I thought we were rapping. So um, yeah, you're, uh, we went long. Go ahead. Thank you. If you want, do you want to, anything that people need to check out? Any articles? Yeah, it, yeah, sure, sure. I'm, uh, once this is over, this 80 hour. I've got your stuff going at the bottom here as well. Thank you. Uh, once, uh, I'm, uh, working on a CFL article. I've got an XFL NFL article that should be coming out shortly, hopefully in the next 24 hours or so. So I'm working on that. You can check me out, xflnewshub.com, cflnewshub.com, usflnewshub.com, uh, thejetpress.com. At by Mike Mitchell, so I'm sure that's on the screen there. Thank you, Matt. Yes, sir. Yeah, no problem, man. I'll have all your links in the notes as well. So all they got to do is click and go. I mean, they don't even have to put it in the browser. It's, it's as easy as just clicking. So that'll awesome. that'll get everybody rolling. I'm sure that this is the most people I've had just in the actual live stream at one time, with the exception of the the X Fan Show. Uh, so th th there will be people following. So appreciate you again, man. I, I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. I thought we were done. <laughs> Apologies. No, no, you know, I, I actually thought we were off the air. I thought we were. I, this, I, I just yeah, seen I you really still going, her. so I pulled you back in just in case. I didn't want to interrupt. I didn't feel like I didn't feel like logging off. Like, uh, like really you're good. You're so welcome we to were, stay, bro. I, I thought we were off the air, and so I was like, okay, let me just <laughs> thank Matthew again and be on my way. But uh, yes, sir. Thanks again. Thank you, I man. Appreciate it, brother. Yes, sir. Same your way. All right, there's Mike. Mike, Mike, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate the conversation, the discussion, the opinions. Uh, great guy. Y'all need to check him out on all socials as well as his XFL News Hub, USFL News Hub uh, stuff. Uh, look forward to talking with him again when the season starts. Like I said, once the season starts, we're going to have a lot of stuff going, a lot of different things. You know, honestly, I didn't intend on sitting on here for two hours. So this is this is out of ordinary, but it was necessary when you have someone great as Mike Mitchell. To, to talk to so thanks again mike much respect brother keep up the work and, and keep being positive and doing your thing oh okay so the rest of the show guys i mean that's about it i just wanted to do a couple more things in terms of of introducing folks so i've got some guys that i told you are joining the fold in terms of contributors jesse dice he's done a couple things for us maybe two or three now and, and look forward to getting him on air soon but in the meantime uh let's see I got a couple other guys I want to introduce and, and just talk about. 
you will see them on Facebook. You will see them on my Facebook. Some you'll see them doing things. Uh, great guys. Avion Plummer and Mike Grardi. Mike, did I say your name wrong? Mike, if I said your name wrong, comment. <laughs> Mike Girardi. That's how I say it. Girardi. Oh, God, I'm the worst. Uh, Mike is with Ambush Sports. He's credentialed media as well. He covered San Antonio, and he's a San Antonio fan, of course. Great guy. He comes out with some great, great stuff. He, he's very detail-oriented. He comes in. He likes to back his opinion up with things that are factual and real. So I, I really look forward to what he provides the show in terms of, of talking points, coverage, and, and just write-ups about different topics. <clears throat> Trying to talk him to get him on air still, but uh, he's not big on the on-air stuff. And I understand it took me a while to open up to it myself. So, Mike, appreciate you, man. Look forward to talking with you more and, and getting some of your work. Seriously. All right. Lastly, uh, I got Avion Plummer. Now, me and Avion sat down yesterday, and we talked for probably two hours, but about 30 minutes on air. Had a little intro interview, and I'm going to stream that very soon. I will say that when we started, I was calling him Avion. His name is Avion, so that's my apologies there. Uh, you'll hear me refer to him as Avion numerous times, but it's Avion. So, Avion, I appreciate you, man. He's active on the, the Facebook groups as well as discussions. He's posting updates, videos, stuff that, that's necessary for fans and, and engaging them. So appreciate that, man. I'm going to get into that interview, and then we'll close it out after it's done. Y'all won't see me again for the rest of the show. It's probably about 30 minutes long. Sit and listen to it if you'd like. I mean, just, just getting to know him more and what he's bringing to the party. Uh, this is great. Look forward to getting more people and contributing uh, spots on the show, interviews. That's what I'm about, and that's what I'm trying to do. So that it, it's really great. In terms of like co-host duties, we'll see what happens in the long term. But but right now, we just want some people contributing and, and providing some great content, so we can have some discussion points as well as some information that I don't have time to research or look up. Uh, so appreciate you guys both for coming along, as well as Jesse Dice, uh, great guy, and really look forward to the work he's doing as well. He's the one that came out with the EJ Hillard interview, and He's rolling as well. So in other news, <laughs> I want to say thanks to XFL, <clears throat> Ambush Sports, as well as XFL Board. XFL Board's done some great things for me. They've, they've really helped me and got me off the ground running, as well as Ambush. Both, both of those places are fantastic, especially when you're starting in new. You need some mentorship. You need some guys to help you out. That, that's the places to be, and it really helped me out in terms of what I'm doing now. So thank, thanks all those groups and as well as the XFL. Thank you for letting me cover. It's an honor. It's a privilege. Like I always say, I do it for the love. So that's why I'm here. I'm going to keep doing it. So appreciate you guys. <clears throat> now I will say also check for the August schedule to drop tomorrow night. I'll have like four shows probably planned for August. Not as many as July, just because I got a lot of stuff going in August. So Right now, I believe we're work, looking at the 6th and the 8th for our next shows. Uh, we'll have Anthony Miller joining us on the 8th, so that'll be a really good one as well. He, he's a great contributor to the whole alt sports game in general, so it'll be a great, great conversation. And Anyway, we'll stream that. I'll stream some kind of schedule. We'll post some pictures tomorrow evening and so so we can know what's going on with that. Come September, October, it should be fair game again. I'll be rolling, so just pay attention, guys. 
once and I always say like, thank you for following. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for being here. It's every, every live stream's a lesson. Everything's a blessing. So appreciate you guys for following and, and the questions, the support, all great things. Keep it up. The more notoriety, the more respect that, that's shown is that's the better interviews I'm going to get. That's the better guest spots that we're going to have. So that's really what we're searching for right now. Uh, going to stream this interview, get it started. Like I said, that'll be the end of the show. So follow me, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Instagram's kind of lame right now. I'm working on it, but everything else is rolling. So please follow, like, and share. Uh, do it for the love. And I, I hope that we're providing some good content for everybody at home. All right, guys, I'm going to stream this interview and then I'm going to get out of here. It's been two hours and eight minutes. My Lord, did not think I'd be on this long tonight. Mm -hmm. All right, well, that's about to kick up. Appreciate you guys listening once again. See you soon. Avion, how's it going, man? Welcome to the XFL Insider Podcast. Great to have doing, you. Great to I'm talk to Matt. you, man. Doing good. I'm excited, Matt. I'm excited. You ready excited. to go? Yeah. Hey, yes, yes, yes. I was about to say that H word, but you, absolutely, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm excited. I'm excited for for, for the opportunity. And, yeah. and, and glad and, and glad to be on the show. And glad to be on the show as well. We appreciate you, man. I look forward to getting your insight and some opinions from you. I feel like me and you are going to have some pretty good discussions. And in those discussions, I think we both are going to have some different opinions, which is great. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Absolutely, man. Just uh, just to create a discourse about the XFL, is, it's always exciting, you know, just to talk about. Yep, yep. So, Avion, you've done a lot of stuff on Facebook. I see you very active in the groups. Uh, you're not there just spouting your opinion. You're actually presenting news, presenting articles, and trying to keep the fan engagement going. But it's very positive. Don't see anything negative. So appreciate you coming on board, dude. I've, I've been watching you for a couple weeks now, and, it, and it, it's a really good thing that we got more people that are passionate and ready to go when it comes to the XFL, as well as any other alt sports. Now, if you want, man, just tell everybody more about yourself. What, where you come from, your background, what you hope to accomplish while while doing this with the XFL Insider Podcast. Awesome, awesome. Well, my name is Avion. You know, I'm from born and raised in Philadelphia, um, PA. You know, the land of not holding your tongue. You know, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, I lived there for mostly all my life. You know, um, until I went to college. Then uh, I migrated to um, to Hawaii, where I studied um, at the University of Hawaii um, in communications, um, you know, but was a huge sports fan, you know, you know, sports fan in my life, you know, you know, when I was sad at times or when, when I was going through some things and, you know, like paying bills and stuff like that, like life stuff, you know, I will always go to sports or pop on sports center in the morning when I first wake up and like, yeah, it's going to be a good day. <laughs> you know, um, yes. Um, Sports, you know, I'm diehard Vikings fan for over 23 years. You know, um, you know, you know, Mets fan. You know, all teams that struggle to win in the postseason. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but I, I am a Toronto Raptors fan, basketball wise too. So we did win the championship. But other than that, you know, um, you know, 
been monitoring sports, you know, um, you know, in other sports groups. I was on the popular um, podcast called The Player's Choice. Uh, it's, a, it's a sports podcast online where I was um, a, a guest on there just talking and speaking on sports and just sharpening my sword, you know, try to, you know, try to get, try to do this, you know, and, and get better, you know. Um, um, around, you know, I, you know, I, I did, did join the military. I, I am currently in the National Guard, um, so I'm presently doing that. Um, but, you know, I, you know, being an XFL fan, you know, started back in 2020, you know, I became a fan when I saw P.J. Walker and the, and the way he flashed. And, you know, he was like a, a superhero out there, you know, barely got touched, running dudes over, had an arm, stuff like that. And then, you know, I fell in love, you know, watching him and then later on watching the the league, even though last for five weeks, it had potential, man. Fan and fans was coming out. And when they went bankrupt, I, I said to myself, like, man, you know, that's, you know, that's tragic, you know, because, you know, you, you saw the impact it had, had on people's lives, you know. Um, yep. Then in 2022, I believe, um, Danny Duane made announcements that the XFL was returning. I was pumped. Um, I was pumped. Um, number one, um, I thought it was a great opportunity for college athletes um, as well who to get a second opportunity. As uh, I work for the University of Hawaii uh, media um, media department uh, with, with their team, so I'm around the NCAA. I take the practices and you know uh, take the game. So you know we we're in like the Mountain West and then you know and we play like Pac-12 teams. Well, former Pac-12, you know that's the conversation. But um, but um, yeah, been around sports. Any anytime I can get around sports or a job in sports, man, that's what I want to do. Um. Um, I'm currently getting my master's in communications and um, um, hopefully get my PhD and work for maybe, uh, you know, a, a media company relating to sports on, on the mainland someday. So that's my goal, man. Um, you know, I am a Vegas Vipers fan, you know, another sad situation. No, I, I don't know about me. You know, I, I like to go through the struggle in the muck first, you know, before I, you know, to join on the team, you know, this is what I could say. I've been through the bad times and the good times, you know, but, um, you know, when you call me up or when you text me about joining the XFL inside a podcast, you know, for me, uh, it was an opportunity, um, for me to, uh, get myself out there. And number two is, you know, to talk about the XFL. Um, I, I believe the XFL is growing. It, it's exciting. Um, and it, it's a way for people to, um, I guess, to interact with each other. You know, my my job that I want to bring to the podcast is, number one, talk about the news, updates, transactions, anything related to the XFL uh, as it develops and expands. Um, talk about expansions, um, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. And, you know, um, you know, I might give my takes, my opinions, stuff like that, but I never be like one-sided you know i'm always gonna you know my takes are always adjust based on the information that is given to me Understood. um you know so um i'm just i'm, I'm, I'm just happy man you know I, I i'm excited i'm excited right now it is 5 a.m hawaii <laughs> standard time so the folks out there the, the folks out there who are watching this you know hey i'm, I'm committed to y'all um you know and another thing is you know for for the XFL 
right now because it's giving players opportunities. It's giving people around the country, around the world, opportunities to see these players that wasn't known from these quote unquote small colleges that you never heard of. You know, so these small colleges that you know in FCS or uh, in other, other conferences that don't get looked at all, don't get looked at all and get recruited to these XFL teams, the players have another way to get their name out there. That sometimes, you know, you just go to school and think, oh, I'm, I'm playing football at this unknown school and I'm just going to get a degree and that's it. No, you have a, another option now. Hey, let me go to the XFL and, you know, get my name out there, you know. And, you know, that's what I'm passionate about with the XFL because they're doing it, you know, a land of opportunity. Well, the opportunity is happening, you know, these showcases going around for IFL players, these small colleges all around the country. These players are getting their shine on. And I love how they tell these players life story, you know, unknown players you never heard of. And now you're looking, trying to check their background now talking about who is this guy, you know, um, you know, who is this Dallas Daniels from Jackson State? You know, who is this Malachi Whiteman? You know, you know, this guy in, in the supplemental draft, I think they drafted to have, you know, off season uh issues and stuff like that. You know, you get to look at their background and stuff like that and get their story, you know, and tell their side. And I love how the XFL number one, they're always every interview that they did, they do in games, they get the positive life yep, of yep. that person, positive background. Instead of the negative, the same old other media point out the negative, the bad background somebody died in their families, like that. No, they focus on their game. They focus on the present right now and, and, and the impact on the game itself. Um, so that's what I want to be like, man. I want to talk about these XFL players um, or these potential XFL players, um, you know, as you interview them, just, you know, pick their brain, you know, you know, you know pump them up, man, um, because they should be excited. They should be excited, you know, and, and, Doing this podcast, that's what I want to do is lift players up that's going through the process of getting to the league, talk about their stories, their backgrounds, and get their names out there as well. So it's not it's not about me. It's about, you know, helping these players and helping the league um, um, spread awareness on the league as it um, expands. So, yeah. Look forward to it, man. You sound super excited. That's what I like the most about talking to you. So yeah. No matter when we talk, no matter what time we talk, you're on it, bro. So. I'm on it. I'm I'm either here on the Facebook XFL both groups, um, uh, actually. So I'm you know, I'm always interacting, even doing work, you know, even though I can get in trouble, you know, you know I'm still <laughs> posting stuff, you know, and try to interact as much as possible. Might sneak to the bathroom and text, you know. <laughs> you better watch stuff. it, they might hear this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So so but um yeah, I'm I'm excited, you know, and you know that's how much I I, I love the game of football, you know, so yeah, I look forward to getting you on, man. Now I want to say on the air, I plan on getting you on the Facebook group with the podcast also. Mm-hmm. So check for him doing some moderations, posting some pages and such from the actual Facebook podcast page. Avion, that's that's my bread and butter coming in. That was what really got me involved in the in, in the XFL world. It, it, that Facebook is what started everything for me. Honestly, just a couple postings like you did, and then it just took off. And from here, we just try to make more productive content that really is valuable and that people really want to see. So, man, I'm so happy to have you on. Look forward to the work you do, what you provide, the show, the fans, the players. 
I'll tell you the best piece about this so far has been working with the players or potential players or guys in the IFL, whatever. Once you get to hear these stories, once you get to know these fellas, talk to them, see their struggles, see their successes. That is what makes everything go with this show. So I think what you say, your motivations, you're going to really enjoy what we do here. And like I said, there's no financial gain. We do it for the love. So that's yes, that's another part, man. I mean, we're, we're here because we want to be. We're not here because we have to be. Absolutely. You know, that's uh, I mean, that's what it's all, all about. You know, I, I one day I told you, you know, I don't care about the financial or the sponsor. You know, uh, you know as we get sponsors throughout the show, that's our main goal to get as many sponsors as possible. But for me, I, I, I want to do this for free because I want to build a brand. And number one, you know, number two is, you know, just talk about the game. You know, yes, sir. Um, you know and, and, and that's why we're here, you know. And um, yeah, and you know, it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity for me. Um, and you know, and thank you for giving me that this opportunity. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Like I said, I look forward to your work, <clears throat> talking with you more. I feel like, you know, in the off season, we're going to have some good conversations, but we're really oh, yeah. going to be more productive when it comes to in season. Once oh. once things take off, we're going to have a lot to talk about. We're going to have a lot a to lot. discuss. We both bring different different avenues of, of play, of thoughts, so it's going to work out well. Uh, and either way, man, like I said, look forward to having you. Appreciate you. Uh, it makes me super happy for today. So thank you for waking up for us and, and discussing this a little more. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna need that. Um, I'm, I'm gonna need that coffee you're drinking right now. You know, so <laughs> yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and, and you know. Let's get to work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, before we go, I mean, is there anything else you want to share with the fans or, or people at home that are listening just about yourself? Uh, just about, you know, anything, anything you want to share? I just want to give you the floor. I, I definitely want to, um, you know, tell the fans, you know, please keep monitoring um, our, the Facebook page for updates and everything like that. And also um, um, more XFL news as it comes out, because this is like you, like you said, it is going to be a busy off season. Yep. So we got a lot of content on the way. Um, you know, we're going to get our, our schedules worked out and stuff like that. But yeah, we got a lot of content there and, and a lot of news. So we're never going to, um, I'm, I'm never going to quit on you guys, on, on your fans, you know, as the season develops, you know, um, yeah, I'm going I'm, I'm to I'm work hard a hundred percent, you know, even if I got to wake up 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. on the, or the whole clock, you know, <laughs> you know, so yeah, um, yeah, um, but other than that, I'm just um, thankful for um, you, Matt, and also um, XFL fans for giving me, um, you know, a, a chance, you know, a, a, a guy from Philadelphia, you know, hey, we we hold no punches, so I'm trying to hold back a little bit, you know, so <laughs> hey, let's do it. I love it, man. Love your passion. Uh, you as a person, your personality is great. So, like I said, look forward to what we do together and the collaborations here. Now, I do have another contributor, Jesse Dice. He's done a little bit of work. I'm trying to get him on air. He should be on soon as well. Maybe we can all hook up together and meet very, very soon. Mm -hmm. I know with your schedule, it's a little different, so we'll see what happens. Guys, we'll try to get him on a live. If not, we'll pre-record some pieces and stick them into the live just due to his schedule i mean so you're in hawaii standard time what is yeah. the difference the difference from central time is five hours is that correct five hours five gotcha. hours so it'd be six hours, hours from eastern 
Yeah. Oh, um. Yeah. Six hours for me, too. Yep. 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 So yep. Yep. See, you see, guys, he really wants it because he's going to be waking up or staying up late either way. So. But I will be watching the podcast during my um um during my work. You know, I like you know I. No, I, I have the sound on stuff like that, so I will be listening um as well um, but yeah, I'm a, we're gonna try to make it live um, but we definitely gonna pre record on, on that um, you know, but yeah, we're gonna try to make it live, you know, because you know I I, I want to be there a hundred percent and uh, I want to give the fans what they want, you know, they want somebody that's gonna be committed and you know I want to be committed, so hey, I'm I'm, I'm ready. Awesome, bro. Thanks again for coming on, man. Great conversation. Yeah, yeah. Look forward to your insights, your opinions, your postings. Uh, I look forward to your work. So Keep up the positivity, though, bro. That's the hardest thing is to stay positive in all this and not get caught up in that negative negativity. And you do a very good job from what I see. So thanks, yeah. man. Thank look you. forward to Appreciate getting you on that. officially and having more going very, very, very soon. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. That about wraps it up for us, guys. Like I said, this was pre-recorded. Had to get him in when we could. Appreciate his time. Thank you for getting up, Avion. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, like I said, look forward to him on Facebook and the podcast and, and any other form and fashion. So thanks again, bro. All right, bro. Thank you. Yes, sir. Have a good day. You too.